Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, a standalone Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Every episode is a separate, complete adventure, a story with a beginning and an end, so you can listen to them in any order. We are joined today by Dr. Crud III. Hello. Dr. Crud is a ninth-level Luxodon doctor who has undergone a fundamental change in his psyche. Uh, gone are... His blue jeans, his white button-down shirt, his red tie, and his white lab coat with the beans pocket. Now, if you could picture a Batman-esque type suit up, you you uh, you get the uh, a shot of the tidy whities as he pulls up his his pants. They're olive drab. You get the the obligatory Batman crotch shot with the uh, buckling of the boat belt. Wait. And then you flash to the chest, which is him buttoning his, his olive drab shirt. You zoom out. It has been obvious that this guy has been hitting the gym for the last three weeks. He is no longer fluffy. And um, you can tell by the style of this this uniform that he now wears is about 40 years out of date. Uh, he seems different than before. Beans. Hello, my name's Beans, and my entire world has just been turned upside down right now, so I may need a minute to process everything, but I have two immediate thoughts on all that. Number one, why are we going with a Batman analogy instead of Taken? And number two, how have you never, like, described yourself as a Loxodoctor? <laughs> well, the, to, uh, to do the first one, because I'm more familiar with Batman than Taken. Uh, for the second one, because I hadn't thought about it before. That was That's very good. I'm writing that one down. Okay. I love I it. Ju I just think it might be a bit quicker in introducing yourself. However, I am a tortoise shell tabaxi. I'm a level nine monk. Well, I've got one level in rule, but let's not talk about that right now. Um, I'm... I like to wear a ponchamuk, which is a mixture of a poncho and a hammock, so I can sleep anywhere, which apparently I'm going to need now. There's no beans pockets in certain someone's get-up. Sorry. So we'll, we'll talk about that later, shall we? And Tanager Goodfellow. Hey, y'all, Tanager here, and if we're just, like, cross-talking character things, Batman cooler, clearly has a cooler suit than whatever Liam Neeson wears in Taken. So, like, I support mm. the Batman getup. Uh, it also depends on which Batman. So, which Batman is yours? Oh, I immediately went to, like, the, like, 90s. Um, yeah. Like, wasn't it Clooney? It was George Clooney. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. The Clooney you, Batman. You're awesome. You get a stake. <laughs> cool. Yay. Uh, <laughs> Tanninger, his suit up is just literally putting a suit on with curry while he drinks wine and she like buckles his and buttons him and he's like ah yes oh good to have you back you know i'm a uh satyr level three cleric level three fighter level three bard but just a bon vivant uh today i'm thinking sort of like a military style like vest and uh some like wrought iron hooves with like very pointed horn caps um and i've got my burnished bronze breastplate at the ready if any of my friends need me to go into battle because i'm a battle guy now that's my new thing oh yeah 
Started out cleric, ended up fighter. Uh, that was not funny. All right. And <coughs> before we continue, where are each of your fire-breathing kittens adventuring guild tattoos? Uh, Tanninger's is on, I believe, his lower abs, like right at his belt line. Oh, okay. Um, well, Beans doesn't technically have one on the basis that he's got sensitive skin. Uh, but do I do have a note from my doctor, don't I, Crud? Yes. There we go. I, I've instead got it like um like drawn on a bit of parchment that I keep um as a bookmark in my law dictionary, which I'm still convinced is a storybook. I've almost got to the end. I can't wait to find out who the bad guy is. The judge. Well, thanks for spoiling that one. You're just ruining my day, aren't you? Sorry. Uh, Dr. Crud's is on the base of his trunk. Alrighty. Where would you like to start today, party? Will you begin your adventure in Nirvanoxidon, a classy tea shop where fine garment-adorned gentlepeople sip with pinkies out? Or in the seedy alley behind the tea shop where the wind has accumulated lightweight garbage debris? Who knows what lurks on the further side of that dimly lit dumpster or around that brick corner? Once again, that is Upscale Tea Shop or the neglected alley beside it. You decide. Where's the cheaper food? I vote alley. Oh, definitely alley. Oh, okay. Well, whatever, I'm outvoted. (laughs) Well, look, we can always go into the tea shop, but also it seems like there's a bunch of nerds in there. And, um, I don't know. Plus, you know, I want to have a cigarette, so. <laughs> when the heck did you start smoking? No, I've always smoked. I just try not to do it around people. But now, like, uh, Tanner's just going to delicately avoid the topic because the whole theme for the day is he got Curry back, but he knows Dr. Crud has not gotten the person who he is missing back. So Curry was going to stay home for this adventure, and he's really going to downplay that. But he's just like, you know what we went through, man. Like, stuff changes. Well, as your doctor, I got to say, you got to hide it better. Don't let me see it. <sighs> All right. Well, what about a pipe? I pull out like a corn cob pipe. Dr. Crud takes it, throws it on the ground. <laughs> okay, well, I'm... No smoking. Uh, All right. Tanager puts in <laughs> some dip. <laughs> Hey, he's not smoking. He ain't hurting anybody else around him. Okay, so Tanager's going to be using chewing tobacco for this session. <laughs> Do you have a spittoon as well? Uh, I mean, we're in a dirty alley, so like... Okay, the world is your spittoon. That's good to know. Okay, so as we're having this chat about smoking and stuff, could I perception this dirty alley around us? And perhaps question how we arrived here? You arrived here because you're in Kif Fasti, touristing around. And yes, I'll describe the alley. Dirty brick walls frame a narrow ten-foot-wide lane. Thirty feet down the alley, a ten-foot-tall, five-foot-wide dumpster obscures half of the view. Ah! Shouts a voice from beyond the dumpster. A goblin falls on the ground, clutching its chest. You killed Kenny! Shouts someone behind the dumpster. You bastard! 
an aged but strong human man in his 50s steps from the shadows and looms over the goblin, raising a bat. Dr. Crud III, do a history check. Oh, okay. Um, I don't think I've ever done one of those with as a doctor. Um, let's see. Where is that? Ah, not too bad. It's a plus three. Six. This face is familiar to you from your childhood. An elephant never forgets. Not really. Despite how hard they may try. And then if you'd gotten above the ten, looking at that face, a name floats to the surface of your mind. But you didn't. Everyone, point, please roll... Point of- Point of order, which face, the human or the, the goblin? The human. Ah, okay, thank you. Everyone, please roll initiative. That's going to be a dirty 20. 18 for Tanninger. Well, I must have been paying attention to something else because I got a 9. I think maybe I was looking the other way or something. You know this guy, Crud? Yeah, I know Beans. Beans is my, one of my bestest friends in the whole wide world. Oh, no, not Beans. The guy who murdered our best friend, Kenny. So the human shouted, you killed Kenny, oh. and the goblin is clutching their chest, laying on the ground as a human with a baseball bat stands near them. Dr. Crud Third, you're up first. What do you do? Well, first I'm going to have to have a dialogue just to see what's going on. So, uh, ex- excuse me, uh, what did this uh, goblin piece of crap do to you? What's going on? Kenny, I thought you were dead. Killed by goblins when I was eight. But you're alive. How have you been? Ben, Kenny, and free action does say that you can talk, but I'm not sure how much you can catch up on in just six seconds, so I'm going to stop there. But you, Dr. Crud III, are Kenny. So this guy's like a wacko? So, uh, still alive, not murdered. What are we doing here now? I was going to rough up these goblins because they're responsible for the massacre in Loxodonia 40 years ago. Right. I thought you died. No. The 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 other ones from there. Yeah, you know what? Let's do it. <laughs> I'm so glad you're all right. And your mom and dad and your sisters. Oh, I'm so relieved you're all not dead. I thought you were all these years. Dr. Crud walks up to the goblin. Hi. Guess what? He punches him. Okay. Please roll to hit. And let's continue with the combat. That is going to be a a 26 to hit. Uh, That hits. Okay. Uh, Since it's with my trunk, it's uh, just six bludgeoning damage. Man, Bean's eyes went big. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they did. Yeah. Your trunk. (laughs) Beans? I can need a minute. Is a pacifist before this, everybody. Dr. Crud III was. Beans, your trunk slam- er, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Kenny, <laughs> also known as Dr. Crud III, your trunk slams down on the goblin, and they emit an oof sound as they take six bludgeoning damage, you said, right? Yes. Yeah. Noted. After Dr. Crud III, Tanager, it's your turn. Okay. So... <laughs> Bonus action, I'm going to, well, no, not yet. Can I tell if the goblin is bloodied or not? They are not bloodied. Okay, I'm going to reserve my action for when they get bloodied, 
Because, like, clearly Dr. Crud needs to work something out, and I'm not taking on a guy with a baseball bat and an elephant (laughs) until I absolutely have to. So, like, I'm going to wait as soon as they start, like, if when it goes from an assault to a murder, that's when I'm going to (laughs) intervene. Okay. You won't have to wait long. Well, also, Tanager has a long game with this, so he's like, hey, Beans, you're seeing this, right? I mean, I think I'm seeing this. Also, you're like a... So, let me get this straight. Like, so, we've seen the guy with the baseball bat standing over the goblin. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's called over to Crud, and then Crud's gone over and also punched the goblin. Yes, that's correct. More or less. They have a beef with these goblins over something that happened 40 years ago. So, like, clearly they're not, like chill or over this in any way oh no that's a great like that's a very long time to hold a grudge exactly so something happened let's let them work it out and then we'll just save the goblin's life before he dies and then you know maybe we can guilt crud into patching him up after well yeah that's probably a good idea should we go and um find some food like i mean we're like in the alley just behind whoop but no we really got to keep an eye on this situation to make sure this assault does not turn into a murder okay um how about um oh is the alley like particularly dark in any way or is it nice and bright it is shadowy and at the very distant reaches of it it's completely dark ooh you know what okay Oh, continue. Oh, so I was going to say in technical terms, through the metagame, it is dim light, we'd call it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so um, <laughs> as part of my monk <laughs> thing, I can teleport 60 feet between um, darkness or dim light. So all we have to do is like go into the cafe, and if we hear super screaming, then I just go into like a cupboard or something and teleport outside. Okay. As long as it's within 60 feet, we're fine. So assuming that was a free action to speak, I'm going to take my move to go up to the goblin and be like, hey, you're going to need to real, yell real loud if you're going to get murdered. <laughs> Hey guys, don't kill this goblin. We're gonna go get a table. <laughs> and then I guess me and Beans are gonna go inside. Yeah, this place you really need to queue up. So um, we're just thinking ahead. I spit out the rest of my chewing tobacco before I go inside and kind of lick my teeth. Okay. That's you guys are inside the tea shop or on your way there. I guess we'll continue with this scene, and I will describe the tea shop in a bit. <laughs> We're back. Uh, so Tangerance's turn. So next up in the turn order is a person whose name you can't remember, a goblin, and then emerging from the shadows, other people too. I hope they don't overpower Dr. Crud the Third and his human friend and kill them. Uh, Beans is shrugging. Okay. <laughs> well, Beans hasn't taken his turn yet, so if they emerge before Beans, he can be like, hold yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we can call that like a prepared action, can't we? If there's like super yeah, yeah. screaming, then I can teleport and take the rest of my turn. Tanager's only moved 30 feet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I moved up to the goblin and then to the back door. So technically I'm still in the scene, if my theater of the mind is correct. The back door is locked. Oh, well, they... Um, so, yeah, you would take a moment to get through it, yeah, and and you encountered the lock. So let's say that you did not pass through the door. Okay, so everyone else. <laughs> so a, 
A second human, this one much younger, he's 22, maybe 20, young. He runs up from the depths of the alley, and to back up his friend, whose name you don't remember, who's in his 50s, he draws a sword, and he's going to make two sword attacks, and on the prone goblin, they get advantage. <laughs> Yikes for that goblin, as that goblin takes whew, 19 piercing damage, plus... Eight poison damage. Twice. With the first hit, and then the second. As he stabs his sword into this goblin twice, the goblin screams in pain, and two more goblins arrive on the scene. They attack the younger human. They have scimitars, and they make three attacks with their scimitars, each, on the younger human. I'm going to spare you the math here. But slash, 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 the younger human goes down. Because it was slash, 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 slash. <laughs> okay, Beans, it's your turn. <laughs> well, I think we're all learning that it's a good idea to not get involved in gang warfare, everybody. So <laughs> I say we just leave them to it and they'll, you know, they'll tie themselves out by the end and they'll go to sleep tonight. And um, I mean, as long as Crud's okay, then, you know, I think I think we can probably just leave it to um, Fenwick's course. I mean, we don't know anything about what's going on here, do we? Canister pulls his dagger, so it's like, uh-uh, we're in it now, man. Pick a side. <laughs> Fine. Uh, I guess, uh, uh, crud, check your boy. And I point to, like, the baseball bat guy. What? What do you mean? Uh, like a check mark on a box? Uh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, he just kind of subtly got us involved in gang warfare, so... Anyway, it's, it's not your turn, it's Bean's turn. <laughs> it's okay. I, I think we're more or less saying the, the same sort of thing, aren't we? Okay, so what I would like to do is, um, because as, as part of my monk school, I can do a couple of spells by using key points. So I think it's two key points to cast this. So I would like to cast Darkness Over Everybody. Because I get a nice uh, 15 foot radius sphere, so 30 feet across. Should be enough to cover everyone. So it's all magical darkness and no one can see anything whatsoever. Unless they have dark... Wait, hang on. Um, a creature with dark vision can't see through, through, can't see through this darkness. Why? Beans really cannot read. Um, and non-magical light can't illuminate it. So, no one can see nothing. All of you become blinded by this inky substance that completely blocks your vision. Even if you had low light or dark vision, you can't see anything here. You can't even see the hand in front of your face. After Beans, it's Dr. Crow Third. How do you react to being blind? Well, this isn't good. Uh, oh well. Uh, he's got his trunk around him, so he's going to still take a, he's going to, he's still going to go for it. Um, so attack with, I assume disadvantage. Yeah, 
The prone also grants advantage, so this will cancel and just be a normal attack, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, it makes sense, because he's... Dr. Crud's trunks on him. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Dr. Crud's going to take out the... Now that he can't see, his truck's staying on the goblin, and he's pulling out the bone saw. <laughs> Again, Bean's eyes just went... Uh, I mean, I technically can't see what's going on, but I hear like a... (laughs) (laughs) No, he's... Yeah, that's a 24 to hit. That hits. He does have... Or, I'm sorry, Ung is a girl. She does have plate armor and a steel shield, so you might hear some bone saw on steel. That's going to be 11 slashing damage. Yikes. Your bone saw cuts in between plates of armor and makes a long slash on Ang. Yeah, I was like aiming for, you know, the neck. That's not going to be armored. Right. You can slip that bone saw right underneath. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, Tanager, Dr. Card Third is not okay. What would you like to do? Well, can I see anything? You cannot. No. Yeah, that really hampers a lot of my abilities. <laughs> um... <laughs> I guess I just, like, feel out a five-foot space in front of me. Well, no, no, I'm just going to save my hand. Um, Is it a... The darkness, what are the dimensions? If I mirthful leap, could I jump? Well, even then, I would still be looking into darkness. Well, Well, I guess, DM, how high is the darkness? A 15-foot radius means that it's above the heads of everyone present. Oh, yeah, this is bad. I guess I'll just free action call out and be like, Hey, if you can hear me, like, come towards me, I guess. Who are you talking to? I don't know. Anybody in danger? That's everybody. I guess I reserve my action until the darkness goes (laughs) down. After your turn with your reserved action, we're back to the goblins and the humans. Now, Ted is going to make a death saving throw. Oops, I'm sorry. The younger human is going to make a death saving throw. I will stop naming people before you learn their names. (laughs) That's okay. He's about to die anyway. We'll find it out from the gravestone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that. All right. Um, The two goblins that were on Ted are now on Dr. Crud the Third. They're going to attack you with disadvantage because they are blind. And they are but going to attack really you. But he is really big. Oh. Hmm? He's really big, so it's quite difficult to miss. Yeah, you're five feet wide in a ten-foot alley. <laughs> and they're rolling a minimum of ten on the dice here. I'm getting ten, ten, seventeen, fifteen. All right, even with disadvantage, this is... All right, the lowest I got on these six attacks was a nine. Does a fourteen hit you? No. Okay. What's your AC, actually? That'll just be faster. 19. All right. Four of these six attacks hit you. Ow, 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 ow. You take 24 slashing damage from scimitars of goblin attacks. Regimented aggression. All friendly goblins within 10 feet of them gain a plus one bonus to their damage rolls, so take four additional damage because they're in a pack. 
the one on the ground that you are bone sawing is also going to use their half of their movement to stand up. It doesn't put them very much above the ground because they're only three feet tall, <laughs> but they're no longer prone, which means you don't get advantage against them. And now only the disadvantage of the blindness is present. So they're going to try to hit you with disadvantage. Now that was two 17s on the dice. The goblin that was on the ground, Aung, she is also going to strike you three times for 18 damage, plus an additional three damage from regimented aggression. And that is slashing type damage. And she is now standing and no longer laying underneath your bone saw. The person whose name you can't remember, who's in his 50s, who you were childhood friends with, but Loxodon's age slower than humans, is going to sword attack, and if they roll a natural one on this, they're going to hit you. No, the lowest they got with their disadvantage is a four. So they try to hit that goblin, and then with their blindness, the sword passes cleanly over the goblin's head. Yep. And a little bit of the poison from their blade gets flung onto the alley wall. Well, Beans, we're back to you. Okay, okay, um... Well, I'm going to assume uh, Tanager is still close to hand, that, you know, I can feel his presence, probably just because I can smell the smoke or the, the chewing tobacco. Um, and I'm just going to be like, Tanager, hey, I'm going to need a bit of backup on this one, so just um, go with my lead, and hopefully everyone will... Um, well, we'll just see, shall we? And I'm going to cast, because it's a cantrip, a uh, minor illusion. So, how this works is, uh, it says, you create a sound or an image of an object within range. That's a 30 feet range. Um, the illusion uh, also ends if you dismiss it as an action or cast this spell again. So, I can make a sound. And the sound I would like to make is um, an uh, oncoming... Not quite sure what the collective noun for police is, but I want to make the sound like a, oh, what's going on here? You know the sound <laughs> policemen make. That sound. And like, I don't know, um, maybe they have like little, um, like birds on their carriages that go. <laughs> so I want to make that whole cacophony sound like it's like right. Because no one can see, right? So I'm just going to need Tanager to basically just go, oh, the, the, the fuzz, the fuzz are here. You know, run, take a run for it. Like pretend, to, like pretend to be a goblin or like a human or something like that and just scare everyone away. Can do. So there's a lot of police sirens and, you know, oh, what's, here? what's going on here? Why is this all dark? And, you know, all that sort of stuff. And uh, with the aim to make everyone leg it. Tanager, how do you roleplay that? <laughs> and also, I'm bringing the bard into this to give us a little bit of charisma to say, really sell it, you know? Yeah, sell it, Tanager. What do you say? Okay. Tanager is not the best at deception, but he's still better than most. Uh, as soon as he hears the siren, he is going to attempt a panic and be like, Oh, oh no, oh no, they found out about it. Guys, guys, we gotta get out of here. The cops know, the cops know. I didn't like, try to really sell the panic in my voice is like, beyond this fight, like, cops are coming for me. So it's like, cops are gonna mm -hmm. be here regardless, you know? Mm-hmm. Make a deception check. 
And I think like uh, Tanager would actually be like uh, worried if the police were actually there because there's a lot of illegal chewing tobacco on his person, right? Yeah, chewing tobacco. Uh, that's a 16 deception. <laughs> Some air quotes were made. Well, uh, the panic in your voice inspires the people in this alley who are fighting to flee. The goblins dash off in... Two in one direction and one in another. Dr. Card III, if you'd like to make an attack of opportunity against the fleeing one, you can. Absolutely. Yeah, bone saw. Or should I just pull out my... Yeah, like we're going to do. We're going to do bone saw. That's a 27 to hit. Uh, bear in mind you still have disadvantage because it's still dark. 20? Ooh. One of the goblin's stats that it comes with is called a parry. The goblin adds plus three to its AC against one melee attack that would hit it. It has an armor class of 20, so that would hit it. So to do so, the goblin must be wielding a weapon. So its weapon is raised. Um, it says it must see the attacker and be wielding a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your DM is too honest. Okay. Raises the weapon to the wrong side. <laughs> and you bone saw her one time before she flees. How much damage do you do? That's 11 damage to the neck. Yikes. Just want to point out that goblin has 52 health left. And that there were two more of them, so you might not have won that fight if it weren't for Beans' quick thinking. But they do scatter, and they run off in opposite directions. And you can hear the little pitter-patter of goblin feet as they flee off away in the distance. Tanager, is everybody gone? I have no idea. It's still very dark. (laughs) Who did this? Is anybody still here? Ted! Cries the person whose name you can't remember. Ted, Ted, who's Ted? What? Hey, uh, 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 uh. I need light. Hang on, give, give me one second. Um, I'm going to drop the, the darkness if everybody's gone. If it sounds like no one's like pitter-pattering anymore, I'll drop it. Yeah. The darkness drops, <sighs> and the man in his 50s is cradling... Trash pretty close to the body of Ted, the younger man, <laughs> who is making death saving throws. Let's make, have him make a second death saving throw. He's unconscious. He's not doing well. The blood is pooling around the man whose name you can't remember. All right, all right. Back up, back up, back up, back up. Using medical training, I will use a medicine kit on him. On a zero HP creature, and then the creature regains hit points equal to my intelligence modifier plus my doctor level. So, yeah, he gets nine HP back. What do you do to impart HP? I grab a syringe out of my doctor's bag and stab it into his heart. (laughs) He gasps and is awake again suddenly. Hi, Ted. I assume that you stopped the bleeding from his intestines and back. Yeah, yeah. I stuffed your intestines back in your body. I'm going to do a little bit of stitching, and you're going to be fine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let me just sew these two parts back together here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's fine. <laughs> Take two spits of two in tobacco and tell me in the morning. Uh, meanwhile, the maitre d' from the the <laughs> cafe pokes his head around the corner and goes, Tanager, table for two? Oh, that's me. <laughs> uh, try not it's to start an any orc. 
wearing a French chef's outfit with the sleeves cut off so that his muscular arms can be exposed? Uh, being a member of high society circles, can I make a check to perhaps recognize this person? Sure. As can Dr. Crud III. How's your elephant memory? Well, it wasn't so good so far. Uh, Tanager rolled a natural too, so it's not. Uh, what was that history? Mm-hmm. That's going to be a 19. Yeah, this is Clark McGillicuddy. Hi, Clark. Dr. Crud the Third. I haven't seen you since the Dillahunt Manor. Can, can you make that a table of five for five instead of two? Right. <laughs> there will be a table waiting for you if you go inside. All right, Ted, stop your whining. Your intestines are back in your body. Let's go ahead and get you up. <laughs> Ted stands up. Now, do one of you two want to... Well, you know what? Let's go inside, and then you can explain to me what the hell is going on here. All right. Um... You open the door to the Nirvan Oxidon Tea Shop. The door is very heavy to pull, and tugging on it makes a bell chime. Inside, it looks like just a normal store with shelves. Teapots, infusers, tools you don't have names for. But the shelves are spaced fully seven feet apart, seem sturdier than normal shelves, and, emerging from them, they open upon an, a large area. There are no windows... But the walls are clean and decorated with a swirly pattern line at waist height. On the right wall, a floor-to-ceiling shelf stands filled with cake-sized glass jars, each jar labeled with a different colorful picture of the plants it contains. On the left is a seating area with tables and chairs and one reserved for a party of five. There are also other people sitting at these tables and chairs. A blonde elf couple sits, sipping tea, dressed in expensive clothes. Straight ahead is a checkout counter in front of a wall with a door. A wide, ornery-looking older gentleman stands behind the counter. He merely nods in your general direction, his long loxodon nose sniffing in disdain. You're bloody, so... <laughs> like I always guy. am. Yeah. A sign... <laughs> Yes, you are. A sign behind the disdainful loxodon says, Freshly baked croissants, muffins, canapes, and giant cookies, one gold each. Hot or iced cups of tea, one gold. Loose leaf tea as marked per ounce. And there is a table reserved for you, so you can sit down. Dr. Crud sits. Now, can you tell the three of us what the hell's going on here, Ted? And, uh, I'm sorry, your name just escapes me. He looks a little offended, but he you says... You should. It's, it's been 40 years. Theo. Theo Kardashian. Uh-huh. All right, Theo. Theo. What the hell's going on here? Kenny, I thought you were dead. Killed by goblins when I was eight. But you're alive. How, how have you been? How is your mom and dad and your sisters? Oh, man, I'm so relieved you're not dead. I thought you were all these years. Well, first, it's Dr. Crud now. Thank you. Uh, second, uh, they're dead. They were murdered in the first days of the war. Uh, and I've been better. My daughter was just kidnapped. 
So you're bringing up a hell of a lot of bad memories for me. Thanks for that. And you're going around just murdering goblins for revenge for me? I'm actually honored by that. Thank you. (laughs) He says, of course, dude. Uh, This is Ted. Hi, Ted. I stuffed your intestines back inside you a couple (laughs) minutes ago. Remember that? (laughs) That I do. It's nice to meet you. I'm giving Ted a French accent because otherwise it's hard to tell voices apart. I am new. Theo just inducted me as a Panther Dender member. The young human man shows you a tattoo of a panther's paw with claws on his upper left arm and beams. Dr. Crud III, Theo looks at you with nostalgia in his eyes. Do you want to maybe step outside and talk privately for a few minutes? Catch up? Well, uh, he, he, this is Beans. Hey, say hi, Beans. Hello, Beans. And this is this is Tanager. Say hi, Tanager. Hello. Anything you can you need to say to me, you can say to them. They're cool. They're the awesomest. They're fine. You don't have to worry about thing about them. Just go ahead, and tell me. It actually it was like a nonverbal thing, so he does not respond. Like that that was just a. An adventure option. See this paragraph here? Won't happen now. All right. So uh, No, we can't see that. It's too bright. <laughs> anyway. Okay. There you go. You are in the tea shop. There's an elf couple next to you. There's some tea for sale. Now, is this one of those places where they have a table service? So do we need to go up to like the cafe, like the front of it, to go and order? Because um, I'm not sure Beans is going to be able to remember all these different orders. So either I'm going to need some help, or we need to call someone over. Hey, Clark. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Clark McGillicuddy does know Dr. Crud III from that time, that one time, missives from a corpse. So you guys do have table service. The elf couple that is very wealthily dressed sniffs in disdain that you get table service and they don't. <laughs> but yeah, Clark says, All right, what can I get you? A round of sweet teas. That'll be out in a moment. Just He goes back. It's okay, go with it, go with it. But he goes far, far into the recesses of the kitchen. Far, far away. <laughs> That's funny, I can't hear Clark anymore. <laughs> you, could, you could not hear Clark again, and that would be fine. Okay, um, hmm. Your food emerges and the old man brings it to you. Your iced tea. Thanks, Clark. <laughs> so, oh, wait. Uh, I've got Clark, Clark right here. Clark. Yeah. Clark, just say, say stuff. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Clark, can you say, how have you been since the Dillahunts? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. What, what, Dr. Ju- Crud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you you nosy little fella. How you doing, my friend? <laughs> is that a joke against my trunk? It 100% is. <laughs> okay, just making sure we're on the same page. I just didn't want to be on the second page from you. I work at a tea shop now. I'm not much of a baker, but it's nice being around the heat again. Yeah. Uh, what you up to? You uh, seem a bit bloody. Did you commit the murder well, this yeah. time, did you? No, no, no. Everybody is alive. Uh... It was a scuffle right, actually, right outside that, on the, in the alley right next to you. Oh. With some, some, uh, goblins. 
Yeah. Uh, we were roughing up one and two others came out of the shadows. Uh, DM, is this a common occurrence, human and goblin scuffles around the tea shop? No. I'm not human. Well, oh, yeah. Well, human <laughs> instigated it. I guess that would be metagaming <laughs> for Clark, who's an NPC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Clark is actually a little bit worried and goes back to talk to Rajesh, the Loxodon shop owner that goblins were around. And uh, they're going to, like, talk over there. <laughs> I would just like to note, Clark definitely cannot pronounce his boss's name. There's some goblins outside. <laughs> yeah, they're going to talk about that. And then, since you guys were talking quite audibly about the scuffle, and you're covered in blood, somebody has their intestines just lightly stitched into their body. <laughs> the elves notice <laughs> okay at this point tanager would like to just look over at them and go what do you want to come have tea with us or you want to sit there sniffing like a couple of elven stereotypes think you're better than a couple people covered in blood i bet you make your money through blood don't you Calm down, Tanny. Calm down, you Tanny. You just smashed a goblin in a dirty alley, crud. I don't want to hear it from you right now. Calm down. And we're Calm hanging out with two, I'm sorry, racial supremacists. <laughs> I look at Ted and the mysterious figure who just bashed goblins for fun for the last 40 years. Theo. Theo. More like... B.O. ing a bad person to the goblin community. Now I'm dealing with these elves. They killed Kenny. Everybody kills everyone. This is a freaking fantasy world. Hmm. You know these sheep men I've slaughtered? Three. <laughs> uh, so why don't you do a history check, Tanager? I don't know, man. Tanager's seen a lot of stuff this morning and... I don't want to have tea with two guys who bash goblins for fun. Uh, history is going to be a 15 or 16, but pretty much a 15. But, uh, ooh, actually, it's a 17. Okay. This blonde elf couple kind of reminds you of a certain pair of Death Eaters in the Harry Potter book series. Draco Malfoy's parents. Oh, so... That's right. This world has Harry Potter. Shouldn't it? They avoid... <laughs> They avoid looking at the bloodstains on you adventurers. The woman sees Dr. Crud III's tattoo on his nose, which is very obvious. She gasps a little, and only her refined manners stop her from pointing at the tattoo. That tattoo? Are you exploding kittens, mercenaries? And you know something about her, Tanager? Sounds familiar? She sets down the freshly baked, filled croissant that she had been nibbling that Clark made. The man who, Tanager, you've definitely seen this man before, says, How discreet are your services? Well, if you need to get somebody murdered, don't let Tanager know, because he'll just l tell everybody. Oh, uh, if you yeah, want to get- He just admitted to three of them. If you want to get someone murdered, don't tell Dr. Crud, because he'll send himself to jail over it. I have not been to jail, thank you very much. Oh, but you love sending people there. Oh, Absolutely. Well, that would be three, four, I, I think at least five people got to jail thanks to me. Well, there's one that I would like to discuss at a later date. Okay. Uh, where do I know this guy from? Where I'm, I'm not even going to make a check. I'm going to look at him and go, where do I know you from? Is it, was, is this the guy with the limp? I'm Sylvan Fessenden, and this is my wife, Sonia. 
He pauses, as if expecting you to recognize their name. That's right. Your name largely got erased because you treat your employees poorly. Yes, that was me. Glad to finally see you, I guess. Beans and Dr. Crud III, do you remember the Fessenden Hot Spring Resort in Para? Sounds familiar. Uh, play it does. Hang on. Give me a second. Um, I think. What's, what's, what's Beans' history? Yeah, that was one year later. Yeah, I know, but Beans has a tendency to not pay attention, so... He's blocked out the trauma of you squirting him <laughs> multiple times. Yeah, there, there, there was a total, like, migraine period for that time, so, um... See, what's, what's my history? I've got a plus two of the history, so I've got maybe a, a nine in his, nine history check, so... I remember bits and pieces. Yeah, not well. Yeah. Tanger's so glad he left Curry at home, and... Like, ooh, man, he's going to have to recant his anti-bashing policy. <laughs> um, wh- So who do you want murdered? <laughs> murdered? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what issue would you like the exploding mercenaries for the listener? I, again, quotation fingers. Uh, <laughs> would you like them to deal with? Perhaps we have a back room where you could have a cigar where you feel more comfortable. He leans in and whispers. Our son, Hans, has always been a disappointment. His wife elbows him and he coughs. I mean, our son, Hans, has always been special. Always carrying around that moleskin notebook, writing poems. For a time, he wore a scarf constantly. Ugh. <laughs> Um, Sonia continues, because her husband is not doing a good job. His father and I moved from Para to Jishope. Sylvan nods and says, Yes, but we made sure to set him up with a cushy job at the information kiosk. He could sell tickets to the hot spring tourists and write, sneering, poems all day if he wanted. But that wasn't enough for him. He's up and gone and left Para and come... He gestures around disappointedly, especially at the blood on your clothes. Here. (laughs) Sylvan gestures, taking it all in. We've come unannounced for a visit. I paid a little street urchin, they're crawling around everywhere here, to steal his moleskin to see what he was thinking about. He doesn't pause or bat an eye, as if this were a routine matter of course any father would do, and says, and we found this... Now, players and podcast listeners, in-game what's happening is that Hans has written good poetry for the first time in his life. Out of game, I, your game master, am not the best poet, so I'll homage the song Think About Things by Dottie Freyer. Listeners, we (laughs) encourage you to look up Think About Things. Maybe this reference will send a bit of attention to Dottie Freyer's way. I don't know. I hope so. Anyway, here it goes. Though I know I love you, I find it hard to see how you feel about me. Cause I don't understand you. Oh, you are yet to learn how to speak. When we first met, I will never forget. Cause even though I didn't know you yet, we were bound together then and forever, and I could never let you go. Baby, I can't wait to know. What do you think about things, believe me? 
I will always be there so you can tell me anything and I'll listen. Well, that's a lot better than the crap he was writing before. (laughs) Yeah, you suck as a parent and as a person. And uh, if you want me to find your missing son, I'm just going to take him as as a patron. Because he's fully underutilized in your piece of crap family. Also, Curry's doing great, not like you even remember her name. (laughs) They do not. Beans. Uh, Meanwhile, Beans has rolled a 21 on a sleight of poor check to steal some food from their table. (laughs) You get a filled croissant. (laughs) Fresh from the bakery. Clark just made it. Get him, Beans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that, that'll show him. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly what are you trying to hire us for? So you hire children to steal from your child. You abandon your child in a failing business in the first place. I mean, I don't see what your, uh, your end game here is. I am going to send these lyrics in the chat so you guys can think about it for a second. Oh, should we think about things? um i just want to say as a player and as tanninger love that song immediately got excited when you mentioned it everybody look up that poem (laughs) (laughs) yeah the words are now in the chat i'm going to let you guys take a stab at things before they assign you this quest you can see if you can figure it out and officially what I have written down here is, Sylvan and Sonia look at you as you read the lyrics to their son's poem. Their eyes are full of fear. Don't you understand what this means? Sonia asks, horrified. Yeah, he's still in love with that girl. Whenever he wrote a poem about a girl, he always used their name like that little idiot Jane. Ugh. I hate you so much. you are just like the worst like every part of high society that tanninger has had to deal with you are like the scum at the top of the pond i mean i guess he won't okay actually he's gonna say all of this and then use a spell called gift of gab that erases what they remember for the last six seconds (laughs) i want to look up the exact wording but uh yeah no tanninger has to let his tongue loose on these people at least once and then we'll take their money. Uh, yeah, no check. Just have to spend two gold pieces. <laughs> She's horribly offended for about five seconds. And then she forgets. The, the wording <laughs> is the words that I say as the verbal components or what they actually remember. Yes, she was terrible. Please go on. Hmm. All right. So Dr. Crud the Third and Beans, what do you think of the lyrics? Sounds like he's in love. What do you think it means? That it's time for waffles. Do they have waffles here? Talk to your friend. Also, see if he wants a job. I have a understaffed manor I need to fill. Oh, he's still trying to talk to his boss. He's still they're, they're still not understanding what's going on. So, grab a gruba, grub grub grab. It's pronounced grub grab, right? <laughs> that was my Clark cutaway. <laughs> Beans? 
Well, I don't think you can necessarily read too much into it because, you know, art is subjective. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. I know that every time Tanager like starts rapping, I need I know to not take it too seriously, no matter how much it hurts me. Oh, so, you know, I'm just saying, you know, you don't have to think it actually means anything, even though it's quite obvious that, you know, this says it's looking at crud for approval. That, I don't know, does it mean he's, like, met someone and had a baby and run off or something? <laughs> Uses the word baby. That can only mean one thing. Dr. Crud gives him the nod of approval. Ooh, I can do art. Look at that. <laughs> There's a specific line. We were bound together then and forever, and I could never let you go. So it's someone he had a connection with at some point. We also think it's a baby. He's writing poetry to a baby. He's having a baby with who? With what woman? Our grandchild? Also, good job, Beans. He figured it out. The heir to the Fessenden fortune and name without telling us we've never even met this woman. How could he do this to his parents? Sonia sobs into her hands, shoulders shaking. The old Loxodon tea shop owner glances over at you and frowns. Well, once again, you can't read too much into it. You can't necessarily assume it's a woman. They could be adopting. You know, lots of orphanages around here. Also, like, it's oh, his fault. You, He doesn't feel comfortable expressing his life to you. That's, like, in no way you're bad for making, like, a super toxic parental environment. Like, it's definitely his fault. So exactly what do you want us to do? What is your job? Sylvan draws his shoulders up and straightens himself, visibly restraining his emotions, because you've just been insulting him like crazy. <laughs> I hate this guy and everything he represents. <laughs> Wait till he gives us the mission. It's gonna be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Discreet adventurers, we have a proposition for you. Sonia looks around the room nervously checking to see if her tears have been overheard. Perception check? Oh, everybody's looking at her. <laughs> uh, 12. 5. 8. <laughs> there is no one else in this store. You're all by yourselves. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> in the quiet of the store, Sylvan shares with you a task. Investigate who this woman is. Is there really a child? Is Hans... Even the father? Are we going to be grandparents? Should we acknowledge this child publicly? What a shame on our image if we acknowledge the wrong child, but to fail to acknowledge our own grandchild would also look bad. Help us save our image, and we'll pay you. Yeah, yes. 40,000 gold. Add on one and two more zeros on that, and you got a deal. Make a persuasion check with disadvantage, Dr. Crud. The third, you are covered in blood. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, can, we, can we change persuasion? that into an intimidation check with advantage Ooh. because he's covered in blood? No, I'm oh. super good at that. Okay. Well, that's okay. It was a, it was a, uh, it's a 17. And actually Make an insight check. Intimidation persuasion is the exact same bonus anyway. <laughs> mm. Yeah, make an insight check. Insight. Five. 
Okay, yeah. He just gets whiter for a second. You're not sure why. And he says, Are you suggesting that if we don't hire you for this task that you're going to tell the entire town about this? I thought that you were discreet, exploding kittens, and now you're blackmailing him into paying you 400,000 gold. We are discreet. That doesn't mean we won't blackmail you. You are a bastard, after all. Tanager is just sipping his tea, like, okay, this is the way we're going with this. Like, this is literally my skill set negotiating with people, but if we're just going to blackmail this guy. Well, isn't that what you do? He's he's projecting it back on the guild, dude. That's, I mean, th- again, th- uh, Tanager would not say this at the table, but he is, like, given heavy eyes at... Dr. Crud, as he's incriminating the guild. I mean, to be fair, blackmail is not exactly the worst of crimes committed by our guild, so, no. <laughs> There's a bit of wiggle from there. Tanager would like to, like, look across the table, make a persuasion check, and say, you have 40000 for this issue. Uh, how is your investments in the hot spring even going? Can you afford this amount, even if it was tripled? Make an insight check, Tanager, to interpret the whiteness of the face. Okay, that was a nat 14 plus a juicy little 6. So that's a dirty 20, my friend. With a dirty 20, you understand much better than a 5 would that he does not have 400,000 gold or whatever amount Dr. Crud's trying to get out of him. And he's very concerned right now that you're going to tell everybody a secret and that 40,000 gold isn't enough to hush you up. So uh, dude's looking a little panicked, which you enjoy, honestly. I think he asked for what a, a one plus two zeros on it. So I think he was actually saying 1.4 million. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you were, he does not have that. I thought you were going for a hundred and twenty thousand, but I must have heard the decimals wrong or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. But some gonna, larger number, like the panic on this man's face, is making a very happy tanager. Uh, well, no, because it. I don't outright hate these people. I hate the way they deal with family, like they're a commodity, and it's like if he is more scared about not having enough money to pay people off rather than providing a good life for his supposed grandchild. Like, that's why Tanager has been railing against them so hard. Because they're fake and, like, the w- Tanager's super fake and superficial. They are in, like, the worst way. So, uh, Tanager's gonna speak for the group, and I'm sorry, but he goes... 40,000 does not split equally between three people. How about 30,000 and you put 10 in a trust for this child, either way, whether it's your grandchild or not? If you think your son loves a baby, like, like in a way a father loves a child, in what way is that not your grandkid? Sylvan's almost like... He's sweating. His hands are shaking. He's almost having a panic attack because not having money is his worst fear. And to do only 40000 like, he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll put 10000 in a trust. And he's just... I know a CPA who will screw you to the wall if you try to 
kept one single copper piece out of this supposed child's fund. Sonia and Sylvan agree to your terms. But Alright. We got a baby daddy and an illegitimate child to find. Well, I mean, if you think about it, we actually don't. Because the wording of their request was up to interpretation. And from the uh, law book I've accidentally been reading, I reckon we could get away with just lying to them. Say we've investigated it and they've got nothing to worry about. Because, right. face it, look, let's face it, if their son does not want to see them at all, then they're not going to see their son or the grandchild. So there'd be no proof either way. So all they're looking for is some reassurance that it's some sort of, like, not horrific monster. And they'll be okay. So all we have to do is uh, come back in a couple of hours, just go, oh, yes, we've investigated it. Uh, he seems on the up and up again. And the child is going to be, like, you know, all good. And um, give us some money. Yes, Beans, that <laughs> gets us our money. But I would like to make sure that this 10000 that I've allotted to this child of their son actually gets that money so they can have a good life and a good education. I'm sure you can appreciate the merits of being able to read books, right? Read what? So it goes into escrow. You find him then later in your own time, and you tell them about the account. They go get the account. Bada bing, bada boom. We're done. Tanger's never heard of escrow, and as a player, I guess escrow just made sense to me for the first time. <laughs> it was like, yeah, okay, I guess I could do that. Like, <laughs> like I, I think Beans has a beautiful idea, and we, we've only got to be gone a couple hours, so we'll go walk over to, to the, uh, the the police station, have them charged with the theft of their the book that they had stolen from their son, and then we come back, get paid, they get arrested. Oh my god, you and you're getting people arrested, dude. Like, if we go there, I'm going to... <laughs> if you get them arrested, I'm going to say that I saw your friends commit an assault and that you also participated into it. Like, if you... The knife cuts two ways, crud. You can't keep putting everyone in jail and then beating up goblins in alleys. Sometimes we have private things. Anyway, All I... Right. I, w I wouldn't worry about the, the book. I stole it back, or at least this uh, 30 uh, tells me I did. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> with the 30, you stole the book back. Dirty 30. Well, I imagine we just never handed it back. I just, I don't know. I want to make sure this guy and this kid's okay, and that he's not doing some artist bullcrap hiding in some terrible apartment with his baby mama and, a, you know, a kid swaddled in coats. Well, I you mean, know? we can actually investigate it. We can just go make sure he's okay and that they're, you know, doing okay and give the book back and everything. But we don't actually need to tell the parents the truth about the matter. They just want to feel better about it. Oh, absolutely. As long as they have access to the account for the child, like whenever they want to deal with it, like we can tell them they, you know, screwed off to Neverwinter or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, um, we can just send Crud in afterwards with his bone saw, which apparently he uses for violence now, and just <laughs> send, like, he just walks them, like, into the bank and forces them to open a, you know, a, an account in their child's name. I don't think anyone's ever, ever been arrested for forcefully you getting, you know, parents to care for someone else. I don't think that's a thing. I think that falls under the Good Samaritan law or whatever. 
So I think we'll be okay. Anyway, it would get held up in court for ages because no one's covered that. So, you know, they need to set a precedent. So they're not going to, you know, um, you know, just go through. Oh, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. I mean, you are the lawyer that I know. So, okay. Better call beans. (laughs) (laughs) You all are discussing this a little bit apart from the Fessendens, but not yet exited the store. And Sonia comes up to you and takes beans. You're the most approachable of them. <laughs> takes your shoulder. I mean, you didn't call her horrible words and you're not covered in blood. So not yet. <laughs> yet. It's okay. Usually it's my own. No, smart choice by Sonia. <laughs> okay. Beans being the most approachable of them, she does take you aside just for a second and add No matter what your children do, no matter how derpy or disappointing they are, you still want the best for them and for them to be safe. Tell me if Hans is not safe. Well, I I mean, I don't have any children, but um, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. You know? Thank you. I did. Oh, yes, he did. (laughs) I mean, between you and me, we're not great at looking after children. Uh, Tanninger kind of like slams the table and goes, beans. Not cool, dude. Um, Tears start forming. Like, Tanninger immediately starts, because he only knows one way to comfort people, pours some, like, of his flask into Dr. Crud's tea and, like, puts just a small, like, you know, human sized hand on his massive elephant frame. It seems easier because he seems to have shrunk like five, fifteen sizes. So, oh yeah. Well, still, like, well, then Tanager will immediately go into goofball mode and like pat you and then squeeze you and be like, "Oh, someone's been working out. Someone's been getting tough. Look at you!" Like, and try to divert, like at least like yammer on in your ear to just distract from whatever you're thinking about. Doctor Crud takes your flask and just empties it. Tanager pulls out his backup flask and gently sets it on the table. Dr. Crud empties that one, too. I have a whole bandolier, my friend. And he, like, nuzzles his, like... He, like, scratches (laughs) behind your elephant ears with his goat horns. (laughs) Uh, And then we'll just continue to provide liquor until he's spent. And for the Tanager fans, first time Tanager's cried in this episode... Poor crud, man. Uh, Once this scene sort of, like, calms, like, Beans, I think you still have a conversation to have, but an idea flits in Tanager's head that these guys might be able to be high society connected enough to notice if someone was replaced by a doppelganger. So they might be an HHO lead. So uh, Tanager double downs internally on wanting to do this mission for them, even if it involves lying. So as I was saying, we're not the best parents in the world, but, you know, we'll do our best. I mean, the the only way to go is up. We can only improve. And, um, well, we'll focus on your child first and then, you know, figure out our own issues on that. But, you know, as you can see, Crud has really, like, worked out. He used to be a lot podgier than that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm sorry, Crud. What's the, what's, the, what's the words you used? Um, not podgy. It was... Um, Fluffy. Dan- Fluffy, that's the oh one. 
He used to be a lot fluffier than that. Tanner did just like the hype man thing where he also teary-eyed echoes like, Fluffy! <laughs> oh, man. Beans, Clark's gonna offer you your choice of teas. <laughs> Ooh, okay, um, um, tea. Clark, can you offer the following teas? <laughs> Creosote, sagebrush, and ephedra? So we got the Theodote sagebrush and the abresso. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Creosote, <laughs> sagebrush, and ephedra. Creofush, sagebrush. I'm sorry, I, I have a tough time telling if this is one tea I'm supposed to smash together into one title, or this is four different teas. <laughs> Three different teas. Oh, okay. Well, let's maybe uh, let me look at this paper again and have my internal monologue say the words in my head, and then I will repeat them slowly after. <laughs> Creosote. Creosote. Sagebrush. Sagebrush. And ephedra. Ephedra. <laughs> uh, do I smell any liquor on his breath by any chance? Actually, so Dr. Card III last time noted how heavily Clark drank, and this time none of you detect alcohol on Clark's breath, which is interesting. He seems to be doing well here. Uh, living with the Dillahunts was high stress, man. <laughs> that family. <laughs> orid, orid woman. Yeah. <laughs> I don't suppose you've got anything with a, um, what's it called? Catnip in it, do you? Absolutely. They get you some dried catnip tea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know I do, my friend. <laughs> Uh, so Tanager would also like to order, I guess, uh, since I do both voices, I can do the scene for a second. Excuse me, <laughs> sir, can I get a mixed box of pastries for my friend? Maybe a couple pounds of mixed tea? Absolutely, my crying goat, little man. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so yeah, he's going to get, he's not going to say the name or anything, but he's going to buy Curry a mixed box of pastries and a couple pounds of tea as a present. Dr. Cred the Third? Creosote Sagebrush? Ephedra? Alcohol. <laughs> Alright, and that is where I'm gonna leave you guys. <laughs> In the tea shop. <laughs> oh, uh, well, if Crud wants alcohol, like, Tanager has been here, and he understands, like, much like when you do psychedelics, you need a trip sitter. So, like... Yeah, Tanger is going to drink just a little bit, but, like, allow Crud to get just the correct amount of drunk without messing himself up. Like, I'll make sure to supply water and, like, buy plenty of street meat for him. <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, he if he's in a state like this, Tanger is not emotionally developed enough to talk him through it. Uh, yeah. So I guess uh, we would... If I could paint a scene, we get Dr. Crud drunk at a bar, put him in the bathroom, and then Tanger would like to talk to Beans. Beans. Uh, real, All right. Then real quick, as, as we left the coffee shop, Dr. Crud did go up to the elves and hug them each and whisper in each of their ears, you're bad parents. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving them with blood all over their clothes. Oh, my God. 
They regret hiring you. <laughs> oh, they're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, so, as you were. Um, yeah. Uh, dude, what's going on with crud? Like, we went through some stuff, and, like, I get it, but, like, I mean, I don't know. I was ready to beat on some people. It's just strange to see a pacifist actually do it, you know? I mean, I have a feeling it may be some sort of midlife crisis. Have you ever seen him, like, uh, uh, do you know if he's decided to get, like, a sports um, chariot or anything? Is he, like, um... Dude, I've met guys who've done that. This is not that. We went to, like, this whole weird dimension, and we lost, like, a big chunk of our lives. And everything changed when we came back. Like, something has been stolen from him. And I feel like it's making him angry. And, like, that's fine. It's a very valid emotion to feel. But, like, I just don't want him to lean into it too hard. I don't like those dudes. They've been beating on goblins for 40 years. Like, I don't... He should take his aggression out equally, not just against a specific group, aside from the HHO. Do you know those guys? Well, I know of them. I mean, I'm not quite sure what HHO could possibly stand for, because I'm not particularly well-versed in, like, letters or whatever they... I mean, anyway, um... Oh, it's indecipherable. No one could ever guess. Okay, I'm not going to worry about it then. Um, Because let's face it, at this point... Is it really important? Probably not. <laughs> well, what's important but, is Dr. Crud. Exactly. Um, but, I mean, if he's, like, um, like, come back from a certain place and seems to have lost something, he's not, um, like, gone... I mean, aside from the whole, you know, attacking to kill thing, like, what else has he done out of character? Is he, like, um, like um, dyed his hair black or, like, gone to a jazz club and danced... Like cringily or something, as he, um, as he walked down the street, like just clicking his fingers and pointing at people. I think all of that is more acceptable than a full one eighty on your moral stance on killing. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> he's my friend, and if this is who he is now, I will support him. I just, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the guy, and I think you know we as a group should really be here to support him while he's going through this and. Literally, he's an elephant man who just got jacked, so anybody who gets in his way is going to be in for a world of hurt. So, like, it's it's part protecting him, part protecting the populace. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, I mean, think about it. Is there any reason um, that, like, if you came, yeah, you came back from, a, like, some other plane, right? And, uh, like, um... Is it possible that something, like, kept his pacifist thing over there? Like, some kind of, like, you know? Okay, um... I don't... I feel like this is just intense trauma. I felt it, too. I was just... I lucky... I was lucky enough to find a magic button that gave me my curry back. I, you know... I feel like it's going to take a little more grit to get... Jennifer? I feel so bad I can't remember her name. Was it Jessica? I don't think it matters. He's not here. 100% matters. I feel like... Yeah, but he's not here, I tell you. You don't need to get it right. There's no way an elephant could take this long of a pee. (laughs) Oh, I don't know about that. 
Well, I don't know, man. I'm just worried about Crud, and I want to make sure we keep a watchful eye on him. Not to correct his action, but to make sure he's safe. Well, so we, I mean, you know, we can only do, you know, as much as we can, you know, to, you know, if we, if we try to do anything which, um, you know, put us in harm's way, then that would be irresponsible as us, of us even. Wow. Oh, this catnip. Starting to kick in. Oh, what? We have to have a drink at the end of the night because uh, it's our moral duty to put ourselves in the way of other people because we hope that other people would put themselves in the way of us. And I've seen Dr. Crud do that. That was his whole pacifism streak. So I think maybe it's our time to throw ourselves in front of Crud. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. You know, he, some, some of us can take a bit more of a hit than others. Just saying. Do you smoke halfling pipe weed? Um... No. Do you want it? Do you want to try? And then I guess we'll just wait for Doctor Crud to come out of the bathroom. <laughs> so Tanager oh, just ten like, pounds yeah. lighter. <laughs> How you doing, Crud? Do you want some chicken wings? I can eat. I can always eat. Uh, cool. So, getting slightly back on point. As we order some chicken wings and another round of booze, like, where do we look? Are you done offering Beans halfling pipe weed? <laughs> well, I'm not going to force it on him, but I'm definitely going to smoke a bunch in front of him and be like, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> you don't no, have to like, blow it in my face. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just, I try to blow it to the side, but like the wind is in the wrong way, so... It's cool. Dr. Crud takes it out of his hands and puts it on the floor and smashes it. I told you no smoking. Oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, internally, Tanager is happy because it still means that Dr. Crud has not fully given up on his morals. So, like, when he crushes his pipe, he's like, hell yeah, okay, Dr. Crud's still here. So, is, speaking of still here, is Theo... And is Ted still here? I do remember they had some intestines poking out of their stomach. Aren't they drinking alcohol with you? Or did you let them go home and sleep it off? Or Oh, absolutely they're hanging out. Oh, great. Well, all okay. three of us were in the pa- in the bathroom together. <laughs> then the last whisper to Beans. <laughs> I don't like his friends. <laughs> it's okay. You don't need to approve of him. You just need to support him in his choices. If it's like a short-term thing, that's okay. But um, maybe we should get on with this whole, um, what's it, uh, missing missing like artist and like, maybe, you never know, it might tie into this whole um, gang warfare thing they've got going on. Because that would be handy. Because I can't concentrate on more than one thing at a time. Oh, dude, this gang warfare, if it's been going on for 40 years, that is way beyond our pay grade, even at... 10,000 gold pieces. <laughs> um, I've heard you say gang warfare like three or four times now. You do realize this. We're not talking about a gang. We're talking about one nation attacking another nation. Tanger bites his tongue because he believes all nations are just big gangs. But he's like, <laughs> okay. I understand, but are you still in active warfare and have you been at that state for 40 years? And I would just like to remind everybody that the uniform Dr. Crud III is wearing is definitely retired. Oh, yeah. It's been a long time. Like, you'd say 40 years since this was an active (laughs) combat. 
so these are just social groups holding on to an event that was traumatic to them for 40 years and they're resolving it through bloodshed about people who are especially for goblins who are short-lived generations removed from the aggressors well because Thea was eight apparently well yeah, yeah but- humans are long-lived goblins i think live to be about 35 maybe 50 not when we're done with them you understand how that's a bad thing to say <laughs> right like i'm not the weird one <laughs> Anyway, and, moving on. I mean, I was going to say, are you quite sure it's a like a regular war, just on the basis that the the, the one per like one time we came across any evidence of it was someone saying you kill a Kenny, and that just happens to be you. Sounds more like a grudge to me. Well, like, well that, talk to Theo about that. That was his whole thing. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying it's just a bit, you know, contrite. But, I mean, that's not no, your fault at all, Cruds. I mean, or Kenny, do we, what do we call you? Dr. Crud the Third, just, okay. just like you always have. Okay. So, so do we not use Kenny at all? Or, or is that just for, like, <laughs> official forms? Yeah, Kenny, what should we call you? <laughs> uh, it was legally changed. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. To first name Doctor, Dr. Crud the Third. Absolutely. Now you're getting it. <laughs> I, as Tanager, am really just concerned on this guy's family. This whole, I mean, I don't know, Dr. Crud, how do you feel about this whole Goblin v. Loxodon war? Are you, like, how have you dealt with it? Well, I'm pro-Loxodon. Well, I would imagine so, but I also imagine you participated and have some memories that might be causing a bit of trauma. Oh, oh, I see. Like, how have you dealt with it? <laughs> Not like... <laughs> well, uh, pretty badly. You see, uh, apparently you didn't learn anything in the history books. About 40-some-odd years ago, the uh, the king of Goblinville we'll call him Goblin Hitler, decided to... Point of order, could we call him <laughs> Gitler? Gitler decided he was going to go on a world domination blit, uh, bend, <laughs> and his first stop was Loxodonia. And, well, he came in through in there. I had just left going back down here to, to Nicomoy to, uh, to study medicine. And after that happened... I, of course, went up, went, went back home and, uh, joined the ELA and we, uh, we, we took a back at those, uh, those bastards. Uh, about five years into the war, we, uh, finally pushed them back to the border and we came across my old homestead. Well, there ain't one much left of their, uh, parents and my sisters. Uh, so we uh, we marched in, and uh, we sieged, and well, we wiped every single one of them off the face of this earth. So no, these particular goblins—they're uh, as far as I know—they have nothing to do with it. So is that what your question was? That your was that your, your the, what you were asking? Yeah, this is what I was getting at, 
and you said it in the last sentence. These particular goblins are not responsible. I understand your rage. I did not... We didn't have books in Pan's Folly. Well, we did, but... but Ian. Theo. Well, I don't... Theo... You didn't even remember his name, and you're my friend. So I'm worried about you. And you, you also you also did attack that goblin. That's what I'm worried about. Clearly, there's some unresolved issues where if you can conceptualize that these are people not responsible, but then still attack them. Theo cracks his knuckles since he's been brought into the conversation, and he adds, Oh, I wasn't beating up those goblins just because of Gitler. <laughs> I'm a panther dander now, you see. And as a panther dander... I'm looking to be hired by the new power in town, the Safiosi. They've been in power for about 30 years, you know, ever since Sonal took over for him. To get the best jobs here in Kifasti, you have to make those Safiosi happy. So, me and my new buddy Ted, that's what we do. We make those Safiosi happy. If we can, Panther Dander gotta get their job somewhere. And then he Panther Dander high fives with Ted. Oh, so you hear that? It was a job. The Panther Dandies were on a job. And I was helping them out. Oh, well. We're not officially hired, of course, but hey, if you can... Shush. I just cleared it up. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys want to go outside? You've been hanging out in this bar for a long time. <laughs> yeah, we're getting a long rested because I was down to 7 HP. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will let you wrap this up. I'm sorry, listeners. Tanager has to pee. Well, when, once Tanager has gone uh, to go pee... Um, <laughs> Well, while he's gone, I'm going to go ahead. You see these detectives over here on the side? I'm going to go ahead and report the theft to them, and then they can do whatever they want. Uh, detectives, the elves robbed their son. They robbed him of this book. Uh, we want to press charges. Thank you. Um, the detectives, um, who, who just happen to be uh, standing there. There's one, one elf and one dwarf. They work in pairs. Um, the, the dwarf says... Well, that's as good as maybe, Sonny, but um, there's this little thing called evidence, and also um, we'll, we'd have to cover that in a small claims court, and it's amazingly boring. And let's face it, we're not on um, on duty at the moment, so um, is uh, if you want to take it down to the nearest station, then I'm sure they'd be glad to uh, sort it out for you. But as it turns out, um, we're on break right now. Actually, we're on a date, so um, don't tell anyone because the the station doesn't like office romances. And the other uh, detective goes, yes, that's quite right, they don't. Um, but uh, we, we can count on your silence. Can't be a random person we've just met. Absolutely. Wink. They, they wink back. And just another example how the cops are so useless in this universe. Oh, hi, Tanny. Welcome back. Did you have a good leak? Excellent. Very high quality. But, All right. Uh, so, um, Crud, I do have a couple of, like, questions. You know, you've... you've um, Ask them. I, I think my main one is, why? For what? Just just in general. Like, um, because, you know, you, you've come across these people that you've, you know, you don't remember or you've, you, you've just remembered... And, you know, you've just piled on this goblin, which you've only just found out uh, were on a job that no one hired them to do. They just volunteered, which sounds like vigilantism to me, which, um, I mean, with your get up, that seems like your sort of deal. But um, 
you you don't tend to just pile on someone who's already getting punched, right? You you stand up for the little guy or the little goblin, and you know, as we said, these these this particular goblin was not part of you know what you went through. Neither was this Ted, as um, his name tag says. Um, <laughs> so, Tanger raises a finger like true. So is you know. Can can you even claim that this? I mean, you you said this was nothing to do with, um, when you call him Gitler, but um, is, is there not something else going on just like within yourself that's um, you've got some sort of you know this frustration within you that you're taking out on, like, I'm I'm not saying innocent bystanders, but um, certainly people who you know are just going about their own business. Dr. Crud, you know I'm here for you, man, right? Like, we're we're questioning a lot of your decisions, but, like, you know we're here to support you, right? Dr. Crud looks at both of you, and he says, Look, I'm losing my family again. This is not going to happen a second time. Tanager clasps hands in a full predator handshake. Losing, not lost. Right. HHO has started a war. Not these goblins. Let's... And the Butcher of Goblin Town is going to finish it. The Butcher of Goblin Town? That sounds like a terrible thing. Oh, wait. You figure. didn't hear that. You didn't hear that. All right. Uh, let's go. Let's go get some sleep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he got gifts of gab on me. And I forget what I heard for the last <laughs> six seconds. <laughs> Lose two gold pieces. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, if we're going to focus in on the actual quest... I think we need to find this guy. That's how we get paid. And then we get a good connection in the upper ranks. Because as far as Tanger knows, HHO doesn't mess with low-level people. So if we, if they can be our like insiders who are like, mm, Lord Woolly Father is acting funny. Like, I don't know. That's my best end to get to the HHO so we can get Crud, his daughter, back. Let's talk about it more in the morning. I have seven hit points. I need to sleep. (laughs) Okay, so mechanically, you do have hit dice, which you can roll during your short rest to recover hit points. So you have nine hit dice, I think. Yeah, that that is true. But they also did not give us a deadline for this, so we can do it the next day. Oh, yeah, yeah. As long as you've got all the rules at your disposal oh, yeah. and you're making Ooh. choices. Uh, mm. I would also, if we're going to take a long rest, like to, like, as soon as the rest starts, run back to the tea shop. Because I would like to speak to the goblin who stole the po- pocketbook. Because they clearly know where the guy was last seen, you know? The guy who stole the pocketbook would know the movements of the son. I forgot his name. Was it Henry? They didn't give us a name. They just said they paid a street urchin. Ugh. Well, even if they can give us a rough location, we can pay urchins to tell us about urchins, and then maybe they can remember the job. But the the only semi-warm lead we have is when the pocketbook got stolen. Otherwise, we're just going to be asking around town for a crappy poet. Okay. Dr. Crud III, you're all fully rested. You rented a room, maybe three rooms. I don't know how you want to split it. In One the big bed. 
<laughs> I'm fine with that. Beans? Beans is happy in a box. Oh, yes. If there are any boxes nearby, I'd very much like to um, use one. Um, especially if they've got... Do they have, like, one of those uh, fancy boxes with, like, a white circle drawn in the middle? Because I really like sticking in that. Well, I found this one inch by one inch box. Like, one inch by one inch by one inch. I can r- draw a circle in there for you. Oh, if you can manage that. Um, unless there's a fruit bowl nearby. Uh, candy dish? Maybe. Do you not have fruit available? Yes, it's semantics. It's ma- it doesn't matter. Some sort of bowl I can sleep in. Or is anyone doing any important work? Like um, paperwork or anything? Because that's the best thing to sleep on. Uh, Tanja will pretend to do paperwork. Where he's oh, just yes, writing yes, scribble scrabble like on papers. And then as soon as Beans gets interested, he'll be like, okay. Oh, yes. Although you do have to... Um, like, actually trick me into it, because if I know it's a fake one, then it's not going to work. So could you do <gasps> do a quick deception check on me? <laughs> uh, that's an 18 from Tanninger. Well, since he's asking for to be lied to, I think that would be with a disadvantage, because you're going no, into th- it no, knowing th- that is, you're th- lying. Th- this is player asking, <laughs> just sticking with the accent. This is player oh. asking. Okay, honestly, if if Beans really wants me... Willie wants to knock papers off my desk, Tanninger will write something serious. He'll try to write poetry to get in the mindset of this child. And, like, it's all really bad. I I just like going to sleep on um, active documents. Cool. So once uh, Beans falls asleep, I'm going to put a little bowl of liquor next to Dr. Crud, and then Tanninger's going to, like, cuddle up, like, at the foot of the bed. Actually, no. Tanger's going to go to sleep on the floor and put his little goat legs under him and just sleep like a goat for the first time in a long time. Hmm. Mechanically, you all recover your hit dice, number of hit points. You can roll that. You could not. It's all good. Whatever you want to do. And then after your long rest, you recover your hit dice back. And that's how you heal. It's the next morning. The birds are chirping outside. Beans is stretching. Great, great. And you all wake up. And Tanager had some idea about pursuing an investigation. All right, let's go find your street urchins. (laughs) Yeah, we got to find this guy. We can make a bundle of money if we can figure out where he's at. It would have been more if you were actually good at negotiation. I did a really good job and then you just screwed the pooch on that. They didn't have any money. You want to bankrupt a family? He just looked a little sick. I don't know what you're going by, not money. He looked white as... They own a whole resort. If we make sure the family has money, we protect the child. There's nothing saying we can't go back and blackmail him later. Okay. Arguing about yesterday, squabbling with one (laughs) another, Beans just kind of like yawning and stretching as the two fight in the room. Yeah, pretty much. You've got to do your morning yoga, otherwise you're going to stretch a muscle, aren't you? (laughs) Just kind of casually doing morning yoga as they fight. The three of you get your possessions together and step outside of the bar slash inn. The first thing that greets you outside is a vendor's booth that has been constructed on the edge of the road. A wood elf with dark skin and white hair is handing a loaf of bread to a child. As you watch, an older human woman steps up to the booth. 
It's just you three, because I didn't hear you sleeping with Theo and Ted. So it sounds like they went home. Probably. Yep. The wood elf accepts one copper from the older woman and, with a smile, hands her a loaf of bread to. Everybody, please do a perception or history check. Your choice. Tell me which one. Oh, that's a nat 20. So I'm going to go with perception with a nat 20. I'll take a mm-hmm. 24 history. Mm-hmm. Um, I will do an 18 on perception. <laughs> you all are very, very observant. For the people who rolled perception, it was a very small coin, much smaller in size and denomination value than you'd expect a loaf of bread to cost. And for the people doing history checks, even here in the slums, bread costs more than the amount they paid. You know the historical price of bread here, and it looks like this booth is a very good value. Oh, hey, kid, kid, are you a street urchin? A wood elf with dark skin and white hair is handing a loaf of bread to a child. Oh, that. The yes. child. Yeah. The child. Got it. Got it. <laughs> we have our urchin radar up. <laughs> urchin detected. <laughs> the urchin has a loaf of bread, kind of like the movie Aladdin, where like the loaf of bread is as large as the kid's head. Hey, kid, come here. We want to talk to you for, for real quick. We want to hire you for a job. Okay. So... Uh, you know what? This is your territory, Tanny. You know these urchins much better than I do. Anyway, what he wants is he we need to find a uh, a poet, a bad poet who wrote <laughs> one good poetry because his parents are bastards. And uh, yeah. you guys have already found him once before and stole his poetry book. So just can you find him one more time? Tanger is like physically putting himself in front of Dr. Crud with like a big smile on his face. We're going to play a game. It's a scavenger hunt. But you're not looking for objects. You're looking for a fact. If you can find who took a moleskin notebook from a man, and I give roughly the time frame about when it would have been stolen, you get three gold pieces. And everybody in your family gets one gold pieces. And I'm going to give you two gold pieces right now to tell everybody you know that this mission's on the table. But if I find out that you're lying, my big elephant friend is going to be upset. And then I, like, look at you and try to, like, give you a face, like, make a mad face. Tanager... He's a child, not an idiot. Why are you talking to him like this? Because he's a child, and they are idiots. Do you want to play the game or no? The kid wants your money. (laughs) The kid will play your game. Well, cool. There's some judgment. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of judgment. You ever seen a preteen? I'm picturing like an eight-year-old. Not like when I hear street urchin, I'm thinking (laughs) single-digit child. Right, oh, yeah, but yeah. they live on the street, if he's which a means teenager, they're smart enough to live on the street, to survive on the street. It's playing your game. The kid is, <laughs> the kid is playing the game. The kid wants the gold. You said three gold. If he's a teenager, guessed. I'm just going to offer him tobacco, <laughs> weed, and liquor. And <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's a young kid. Yeah, yeah. They're along for this weird ride. <laughs> Look, whatever, kid, get out of here. Hey, kid, I'm sorry about him, but yeah, you go go, you go do your job. <laughs> Beans? Oh, sorry, what was going on? Um, 
I, I, I was, th- I was, I was thinking about breakfast, and um, there's no fish around. Why is there no fish? Oh, I got one for you. Oh, Doctor Crud grabs one out of his bag. You know, I always got fish jerky for you. I yes, but I, I didn't. I don't like asking. Um, well, I'm offering. Oh, okay. Okay. Can you throw it up? I need some exercise. He dangles it, dangles it eight feet above his head. No, it's okay. You can throw it. Oh, okay. And he's going to throw it. That's going to be a uh, a twenty unnatural. Does that hit your AC? Oh, <laughs> I'm not throwing it at him. I mean, you can do. That's okay. Because oh. I, because I'm a monk and I can catch all this. <laughs> he can catch missiles. Yeah. Well, in this all case, right, well, it's then, I guess if you miss it and it hits you, I'm rolling my crossbow damage on you. Well, I, do, I, I, I can, you know, reduce the, uh, the damage. So, but, you know, deflect missiles. I mean, it's technically catching, right? Sure, there's something about catching in here. Yeah, deflect or catch the missile when hit by a ranged fish attack. Yeah, it specifically says fish. <laughs> so, I, you know, I reduce it by 1d10 plus 12. So, if the damage was going to be anywhere above 12, anywhere like around or below 12, then I'm good. I can just catch the fish. Yeah, it's going I, to I, be below 12. Yeah, I can't roll anywhere. I can't even get to a 12, so you're good. So you throw the, the fish like, directly at my face. Yeah. Apparently uh, I'm javeling it to you. Hey, you've got I a lot of... In my, I, I loaded it on my, cross, my hand crossbow and shot it at you. Hey, you've got a lot of unresolved issues at the moment. It's okay. You asked me to do this! Well, yes, but I'm, I'm an idiot. Straight at my face, and I, um, more or less like, uh, like in the Matrix, I just like lean backwards, let the fish go over my head, and then I just let it go slightly past me, and then I snatch it out of midair. I go, oh, that was a good one. Enjoy your breakfast. I'll shoot you another one this afternoon. Okay, Doki, don't tell me next time. I want a challenge. <laughs> All right, off you go, little urgent. Find us our ba- our guy, Hans. His name is Hans. Go find him. What does he look like? All you have to do is find the urchin who stole the moleskin journal from the elven kid. Okay. Yeah, he's probably already kid. drunk. Okay, and the kid runs off and is hunting on the path of the moleskin. And uh, that'll take one day. This kid sucks. We're going to have to do our own investigation. I put two gold pieces on the counter of the bread shop, and I'm like, okay, this is for anybody who comes to buy bread until this gold pieces is, like, gone. Also, you were using weird coins. Is this an illegal shop? I can keep throwing money on the counter until you tell me. Wow, just go for the juggler, buddy. You literally went for a jugular earlier. Oh, that I've already I slept since then. That was yesterday. That's old news. Ah, uh, okay. All right. So, uh, what <laughs> you said to this shop was, "Are you an illegal shop or something? You've been using weird coins. Here's a bunch of gold, R- right? That's what you said." Reverse the order, but yeah, it was. Here's a bunch of gold. I noticed you're using weird coins. Are you some sort of weird, you know, fence shop? 
Make a persuasion check. Ha ha ha. My ability allows me to take a 10 on checks that I roll below 10. So I will take a 22 on this. Freaking bards. All right. So. (laughs) (laughs) Eloquence bards. All right. I guess that goes really well for you. So well that she's going to offer you an illegal job. The wood elf with the dark skin and white hair who is practically giving away bread for some reason looks at you three with raised eyebrows and says, You gang want to make a quick hundred gold for the Safiosi? Yeah, sure. I mean, we've got to wait on the urchin anyway. we got a day to kill. <laughs> okay. Sandbox world. <laughs> I... Just take this package to Joey Strahovski, a white mink lady. She's two blocks down and one block right. Blue door. Can't miss it. She hands you a brown paper wrapped square that could be a wrapped book. All right, lady, we'll do this for you, and I love your accent. Let's go, boys. Down. And as soon as we go around the corner, Dr. Kred's going to uh, open it. No, no, no. Tandra would put his hand and be like, no, you never open the package, Dr. Crud. I will put it back exactly the way it was, but it is getting opened. Uh, Tandra will... Oh, dang. Because once we know what's in it, then we're no longer plausible deniability. Please make opposing strength checks. We've got math to solve this. Oh, I'd love to. Oh, no, he's he's not going to fight that hard. Like, if if Dr. Crud starts to flex his muscles, Tanager knows he's a minus one to strength. Like, he'll just take his hands off and be like, okay, we're opening it. Dr. Crud, do you flex your muscles? Absolutely. You open the package. What's in it? Inside this particular package is a loaf of bread. Dr. Crud will seal the package exactly the way it was before. Do a dexterity saving throw, and what... Materials do you have on you that you're using to seal the package? Uh, could Tanager use his charlatan forgery ability to, like, normally it's to perfectly copy documents, but could I perfectly replicate the packaging of this bread? It depends on what materials Dr. Crud III has on him. Beans, do you have anything that can help? Um, let's see. I've got, um... A bookmark, which I'm using on my book. I've got... Uh, which is a fish anyway. There are there, yes. Um, um, otherwise, I've got the boomerang. I've got um, this weird uh, mouse skeleton I picked up earlier. Um, is that of any use? <laughs> okay. Tanager does have mending. <laughs> oh, there we go. He could just use mending on it. All right, because you have a spell that is literally a perfect join between two, perhaps, ripped pieces of paper, you perfectly seal the package back up. I'm, I'm sorry, Beans, but once you started mentioning fish skeletons, I was like, no, I, I know I have something that could help this. No, it's, it's a mouse skeleton. I've got a dried fish that I'm oh, using I- as my bookmark. Tanger takes a deep bow and goes, my mistake. We go up to the indicated door and knock. You head down the block to go up to the indicated door. Uh Uh-oh. Where do you head? To the blue door. 
Okay, you were given instructions on how to find the blue door. Where do you head? Oh, fart. Were we? Well, we, we definitely were, but I, does anyone remember? It was two blocks up. Two blocks up. On the right. Blue door. Beans? Wait, sorry. I I I I know I know I wasn't listening because I was t- I was thinking about breakfast. Remember? Um, but I mean, you don't need me for this, do you? I mean, we. I mean, I I could go and have a look at the um look a uh, look around me wildly, see what I see. Perception check. Oh, um, uh, eighteen. We could always just throw the package in the in the ditch and say we delivered it. With an 18, the older middle-aged human woman you saw buying bread from the stall steps out from a shadowy alley between buildings beans. Ahem, she says. Her hand moves in a follow-me motion and she steps back into the recesses of the alley, disappearing into shadow. Only Bean sees this. Beans, you decide what the group does. Um, you know that weird lady earlier... I could have sworn I just saw her, um, just down that alleyway there. Um, she coughed with her mouth, like, without her hand over her mouth, which is a really bad idea. Um, but she she seemed to indicate that she wanted us to follow that way. Or at least me. I don't really know. It's weird. Uh, what, 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 oh, uh-huh. Oh, oh, sorry. We were trying to decide which uh, mailbox we were going to throw this package into. Uh... I mean, do you want to go by yourself, or do you want us to go with you? I mean, I, 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 I could do, I suppose. Um, but I mean, you only need one of you to drop that off, right? Oh, we don't even remember where it goes, so we can drop it off wherever the hell we want. Well, that's a good. We're point. not going to get paid. <laughs> that's okay. Um, how about we hold on to that? It might be useful later on. Doctor Credit Pockets. Yeah, because you know these people never give us any time frames. So, we can just do it later. Do you pass this alley and continue on your way to the blue door? Or do you go into the alley? Do you do it all together? Or do you do it separate? Um, I think Beans would mention it as we did and want to follow, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Dr. Crud the Third and Tanager? Are you going to follow Beans into the alley, or are you going to continue to the blue door? Well, as he mentioned before, well, there is no time limit, so we can always come back and deliver this. Sure, let's go. Sure. Okay, and that is where we are going to leave part one of this adventure. They're going to, before they deliver the package to the blue door, dip into this alley. Joining us this time were... Beans. Um, what, uh, what, what... <laughs> He seems done. Um, Dr. Crud the Third. No time limits. And Tanager. Tanager. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See you in part two. Bye. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes.com. If you leave us a review, we'll read it on air. It's fun listening to the words of your review get read by the characters you know and love. So go to iTunes.com and leave us a review today. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please share it with them. Is their birthday coming up? A special anniversary? 
Would you like us to wish them a happy day on your behalf? You can arrange for us to read your shout-out on air at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com through our partnership with the website Buy Me a Coffee. Do you enjoy reading books? You can find paperbacks and ebooks based on our adventures on Amazon.com in the bookstore, Fire Breathing Kittens, that part's all one word, podcast. The authors do a great job of adapting the stories into fun novels. We also have official merchandise on Redbubble.com. Imagine owning a notepad with the Fire Breathing Kitten logo on the front, or a t-shirt with one of your favorite characters. And lastly, I'd like to take a moment to sincerely thank all of you. We don't pay to advertise this show, so the only way we can grow is through the support of listeners like you. Thank you. Welcome back to Fire Breathing Kittens, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. We are joined again by Tanager. Hello. Dr. Crud III. Howdy, howdy. And Beans. I have no idea what's going on, but at least I've been well fed. Everybody, please roll a... Initiative? Everybody, please roll a d20. (laughs) (laughs) I got a four. I got a... I got a nine. I got a five. Can... This dice had a six on it. No one can see that. I I know. It had a six on it. So who's the closest to six? That'd be crud. Yeah. Okay. That would be crud. Kenny, please tell us what happened last time. Dr. Kenny Crud III, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, we opened in a a dank alley, at which point we saw uh, a human and a goblin going at it. Uh, The human recognized me, Dr. Crud III, Esquire. And uh, thought I was dead. Uh, so we proceeded to start uh, pounding on the goblin. And then everything went dark after two more ran in. One and another human ran in as well. And then uh, one human goes down. And the goblins were very, 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 very powerful. Took me down to seven hit points. The other two didn't get a scratch. Bastards. And then... Uh, the darkness went away after the goblins got scared away. It was the uh, noises made out of Beans' mouth, like uh, when he was roaring like a siren, the, the cops were coming. Uh, pushed the intestines back into Ted, and stitched his name into his into his stomach, so that way Beans could remember his name later. And <laughs> then we all went into the cafe, right, uh, right next to the alley, all bloodied-like. Had a conversation with with the uh, with with Ted and uh, Theo. Didn't get any real information out of them. Then there was the uh, the elves. There were the rich snob elves that Tanager really really hates. And you know, Doctor Crudge really not a fan either because they had both met his uh, their son Hans, and apparently Hans has run away from home. And their parents are looking for them because of a poem he wrote, which they would not have known about that in the first place had they not hired an urgent to steal it. Uh, and to them, it sounds like he's had a baby. So they want to make sure, see if there's even a baby at all. 
And if it, there is a baby, they want to have it legitimized, whether they actually have a grandchild or not. Again, really awful people. Uh, and then after that, we got drunk in a bar, had a heart-to-heart, a long rest. Then we found an urchin next to a bread stand, sent him off to go find uh, haunts for us, and then took the drug bread package on a delivery Got to come hither and down a dark alley. And yeah, Beans was following the, the come hither into a dark alley and we were following. I think that's about sums it up. Did I miss anything? Sounds right to me. Okay. Yeah, so, I think it's just about that. All right. So let's roll initiative because I guess that's what's coming next, right? <laughs> no. Uh, to recall what just happened. The older, middle-aged human woman you saw buying bread from the stall steps out from a shadowy alley between buildings. Ahem, she says. Her hand moves in a follow-me motion, and she steps back into the recesses of the alley, disappearing into shadow. And Beans is the only one that sees. But then pointed it out to you guys. Right, uh, are we just, let's just follow. They, they seem to, like, be interested. Maybe they can help us find, um, what's his name, Hans. All right, let's go. We're following the beans, the beans, the beans. We're following the beans, following wherever the he beans, may go. <laughs> Who's the first person to step into the alley? Beans. Is it dark? Make... I like dark. <laughs> <laughs> Please make a dexterity saving throw against mom Blood. hands. Ooh. Mom hands? What are mom <laughs> no. hands? I think I might be okay. I got a 27. Okay, that's really high. So you dodge as she grabs your ear. (laughs) Um, She furiously whispers at you, Child, didn't your mother ever tell you not to be a fool? Don't fall for their bread charity trap. Your mother would be ashamed to see you right now accepting a job for the Safiosi. Hands off Um, my cat. who Who do you think I am? So Beans is very small, right? Well, yes. And adorable. And kind of out of it. So her mom instincts are tingling. And she says, You're accepting a job from the Safiosi, so you're clearly a wayward child. Look, money is tight. I get that. But you shouldn't be accepting jobs from them. Okay. What's your point? Don't work for the Safiosi. If you need a quick buck, look, just follow me and work for the day. I'll teach you how to survive on the Goblin Wilds. You don't need to work for them. What's, what's the Goblin Wilds? You poor child. And she sighs like everybody knows what the Goblin Wilds are. Oh, oh okay. Hey, Beans, so, who yes? are you talking to? I don't know. <laughs> okay. What have, what have I told you about talking to strangers? Come on, I'll back off out here. Um, you said knock first, and then it's okay. Did you knock? Um, in a way. Well, come on back out. If they they, they ain't got nothing good. Okay, uh, do you know what the Goblin Wilds are? The what, what, huh? The Goblin Wilds. Do a history check, Dr. Crud Third. History. That is going to be a 13. Yeah, it's above 10. I'll give you some information, but not complete. When you, 40 years ago reduced the population of goblins around here, 
their land reverted to wilds and was not, although partially, was not fully encompassed by Kifasti, the city that you're in. So it's kind of like, uh, you ever been in a city and you've seen a place where a house used to be and then it's kind of like grown over? There's no house there anymore? She's talking about the ghetto. No, 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 there's <laughs> no one lives there. The goblin wilds. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's kind of like moors. It's kind of like moors, I think the word is. Mm. More what? Mm, yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a plane. <laughs> but not the bird kind. The ground kind. A prairie? It's a piece of lamb beans. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I'm 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 just a bit confused. Um, do you know where Hans is? Who's Hans? Some person we're looking for. Oh, wait, no, she has an accent. Who is Hans? <laughs> I don't know. Some person we're looking for. Um, Hans the elf. About. Yeah, that's oh. the one. He's an elf. You know, poet there guy. There are many elves. How can you tell this elf apart from the other elves? Um, he's a really bad poet, and um. He was he, drunk uh, the entire he time. He doesn't we seem knew him. to know it. <laughs> Sorry, Clad, what was that? I was um, rhyming. That was a really good rhyme, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. He was uh, drunk the entire time I knew him. So, drunk elf. Yeah, drunk elf, uh, poet, um, has um, uh, like a moleskin diary that looks like this. I hold it up. I'm going to do a quick roll with advantage because you've shown her the moleskin. I'm glad that you showed her the moleskin. It jogs her memory. And she says, Why, yes, I have encountered this drunk elf. Although he was not drunk, I did not get very close to him. But he was definitely writing in the notebook. That notebook. Okay, any idea where we might find him? I encountered him when I was in the Goblin Wild. Okay, but like specifically, you know, you know. When when I said, where is he? I didn't ask when you saw him. I asked, where was he? See, old lady, you know, you've got the, the these basic uh, who, what, when, where, why questions. Uh, fairly. Uh, I wouldn't bother you with the details, but um, yeah, where was he? He was in the Goblin Wild. But where? Like, you know, it's a, I mean, it's got to be a fairly big place, right? You know, it can't. Just be a, you know, this general. It's like saying, you know, oh, where, where did you see Beans last time? And he was like, oh, he was in, like, Nicomoy. It's like, this is a big place. Time is money. If you're willing to collect herbs for me for the day, I will teach you, little child, how to survive on the Goblin Wilds, and I will take you to the place where I saw him last. Um, Crud, do you have any cash handy? Yeah. Um... Could we just give this lady a butt ton of cash and um, she might uh, just take us there anyway. She can buy her own damn herbs. (laughs) (laughs) Tanager had the exact same idea. Just like, just bribe her. (laughs) How much do you think it'll take? Uh, a, A gold? Two gold? I mean, that urchin was happy with three. How about three gold? Yeah, sure. We'll we'll go for like three gold. Hey, lady. Um, how's like three gold? And I don't do any picking. And um, <laughs> you just take us there. 
<laughs> Persuasion check. Because let, let's face it, you know, I don't know your name. You don't know mine. You've just picked a, like a guy off the streets and go, hey, how about you come work for me? That's, you know, if, if I was a child, that's child endangerment. And, you know, okay, I'm very um, confident there are yeah, going to be some fair. sorts of child labor laws around the place i do have a law dictionary and i'm in training so you know if you don't want to um get the wrong end of a judgeship then you know it's probably a good idea to do what we say very predatory that was a 16 plus uh zero with a 16 she will accept your three gold and say i will take you right to the place where i saw him last this shall cover the price of selling herbs for the day. Good, and, and try not, not not to kidnap any more children, right? I'm not one, she was, but... She was not kidnapping children. She was trying to talk you out of working for the mob. <laughs> Did you I forget you're carrying a package <laughs> to a blue yeah, door? But it, I mean, let's face it, if someone, like, comes out comes <laughs> to you out of a dark alley, is like, hey, come <laughs> and follow me into this dark alley. It's like, hey, come and work on the fields. Yeah. Yep. It's like, <laughs> very predatory. I will teach you to survive, person I've not even asked the name of. <laughs> okay. All right. So, do you continue to the blue door or do you ignore the blue door? Question for the party. We want to make the delivery before heading out there. So, we tell the lady, we're going to go make this delivery real quick. It's just bread. I checked. It's fine. It ain't drugs or nothing. She sighs and her mood sours, but you run a quick errand for the mafia. Hmm. Now they owe me a favor. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, going to the blue door. So you knock on the blue door? Yes. Okay. A white mink woman opens the blue door and sees the package in your hands. You sent by Tessa Safiosi? Yes. She said something about a hundred gold. She peers down the stoop at you, those few steps giving her a half foot above even Dr. Crud Third, and an indefinable air of authority. Come in. The white mink woman steps aside and holds the door open for you to enter the darkness beyond. Hi, hi, screwed. <laughs> Are you the only one going in? Looks like. I go in as well. Well, we do we we do have a new like old lady to keep hold of, keep an eye on. Well, beans, why don't you go ahead and have her take you to the spot, then you come back, grab us, and then you can take us to the spot, and then we'll continue on from there. Okay, that works. Cool. <laughs> Doctor Crud the Third, we'll do what you're doing first, since you're splitting the party. All right. He steps inside the house alone. No, Tanager is with him, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The white mink woman turns to you and says, You did a good job delivering this package. How do you feel about delivering another? Well, this is, uh, first of all, I haven't even gotten paid for the first one, so we gotta get settled up first. She hands you a hundred gold. Oh, thank you. Uh, let me know the details and I can tell you yes or no. Okay. Our people will look into your people. Come back next month, same place, same time, and we'll have another delivery job for you. Your people look into my people and come back here. I, I can't guarantee I'll be here in a month, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go pass. Thank you, though. <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> mm. All right, your loss. She raises an eyebrow at you, then drops the conversation. 
best money in town, but all right, don't waste my time. Get out of here. I didn't waste your time. I brought you the package like you said. You asked me to listen to a business proposal and I declined it. No time was wasted. Goodbye. Hey, Beans, wait up. We're coming. (laughs) Very quickly. He exits the (laughs) building with the blue door, declining that uh, high-paying delivery job. Okay, you're going to follow Luma. She introduces yeah, uh, herself me, to me, you. Yeah, me, meanwhile, that old lady is trying to stroke my uh, stroke Beans's fur. And oh, like, no, she's no, not. No, stop it! Get off! <laughs> no, no, she's not awful. Um, Just okay. predatory. No, she, okay, all right. Sorry. Um, okay. Uh, she leads you away from the hovels of Kifasti to the goblin wilds beyond every now and then pointing to a plant and telling you what time of year and what parts can be eaten. Because she's walking by it. Might as well. My son called these ones blueberries, but they're not. Don't eat them. She thinks you're a starving orphan, Beans. So she's just pointing out what berries to not eat. I've just had fish. I'm fine. (laughs) She sighs and says, I have a son about your age now. Dead who has gotten himself involved with the Pantherdender Guild. I'm sorry that I was projecting onto you, because my son has gotten himself involved in something that is more like a gang, really. She sighs again, heavily. That's what I said! I was projecting, I'm sorry. You're not Ted. Wait, what? No, Ted's not dead. What? Did did you say I'm not dead? No, Ted's not dead. Oh! That's that's one of the guys we, we, we were with last night. Theo, Ted, you know, Ted got hurt a little bit, stuffed his intestines back into his gut, stitched his <gasps> name into him. What? Yeah, he got in a little bit of a fight. Uh, he got stabbed. I fixed him up. He's a, he, he was good to go. Tanager, are you still here? Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. She looks shocked, finding out that her son's intestines were outside of his body briefly, and is like, oh, no. Are you, are you gang members with him? No, we're mercenaries. Oh, my goodness. I wish he wasn't tangled up with those panther denders. But he's right. He can't work in the mines. He got black lung and almost died. Surely there's something else he could do for a living. But I guess not around here. Um, so, so, sorry, lady. My name's not Shirley. It's Beans. Um, (laughs) but Cloud, I said it was a gang, didn't I? Yeah, I didn't doubt you one, one bit. I mean, Pandy Dandies, of course they're a gang. Okay, let's let's move on from this and never <laughs> speak of it again. <laughs> but anyway, Ted's just fine. I wish he was out of those Panther Dander Pandy Dandies and that he did not have to interact with them again. Theo is such a bad influence. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, are, are you looking for like a... You know, like a specific reaction from us? Like, are you just wanting, like, a support or someone to say, oh, that sucks? Or are you actually wanting, like, us to do anything? Because, you know, we're really bad at um, these nonverbal cues. She thinks of you, Beans, as, like, a child because you are very short, very skinny, and you are accepting free bed, she thinks. so. Also, I'm a tabaxi. That's kind of racist. Like... You're a cute kitty, and she doesn't want to see you come to harm. So she says, no, no, you, you poor child. I would never ask you to do anything. Um, 
she takes you, you have walked at this point far outside of town. I'm glad that you got to know her. I can tell that you really don't like her. So we're going to not continue your conversation <laughs> together. <laughs> but she annoys you all the way to the prairie garden or the goblin wilds or whatever you want to call them. Um, Beans arrives thoroughly ruffled. He's displeased with the conversation that he's had on the walk here. He's like, let's get this over with. I just want to find Hans. All yeah, right. Crud's like, you know, hey, Beans, try and talk to more people. Maybe you'll get better at talking to them. And, and, and you know, do a few shyness and then like, okay, I'll try talking to people. And this is what happens. No, thank you. <laughs> well, you just picked the wrong person in this is- instance. Well, how am I meant to know who's like a good person to talk to? Maybe you should have told me not to talk to people who just randomly, you know, stick their hands out of dark alleyways. Well, I did explain stranger danger. When was that? Oh, that was you know back back when we were doing the that that traveling with each other. Just just oh, me and yes, you. Oh yes, I remember that. Wait, was that before the tobogganing incident or the after? That was between the Tobogolan incident and the vampires. Oh, okay. So it was around the time we, um, or about, about that time we took part in that, um, that like sports championship and we uh, ended up pole voting for, um, that one team that one time, right? Yeah, that's exactly where, where, what it was. Where, where I, I, uh, like, I climbed on your shoulders and we put a big trench coat on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was... I remember that, yes. Yeah, it was all those strangers trying to get you to do things. Oh, so, so you you were saying, don't do all that. Okay. Learn, okay. Learning experience. We're, we're, we're continually Ooh, okay. learning. Hmm. Here, here, have a fish. Ooh. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> In the prairie garden, your eyes fill with the vast open sky. Leaning back... Tilting your head, swiveling, you can't take it all in one view. Openness, emptiness, land as far as you can see, mountains in the distance, dry scrub brushes, the desert, shriveled, twisted tree bushes peppering between here and the horizon, at least five species of different desert plants, although you'd have to get closer to identify them. From one perspective... There is everything here. From another, there is nothing. Which do you see, adventurers? I see peace. I see beauty. What I want to see is Hans. <laughs> I mean, ideally, we'd be looking for Hans. Can we just, like, shout out and go, Hans! <laughs> Shouting out and going, Hans! Beans spots a blonde elf writing with a pencil in a moleskin notebook who is walking around in the dry brush as if thinking to himself while writing and hasn't noticed you yet until i shout hans mm-hmm. he's pretty far away i shout louder does dr crud recognize him as hans he has met hans before all three of you have met hans haven't you was was beans there uh, yes, uh, because if I remember correctly from one year later, he was, um, passed out outside his old house, right? Oh, How was yeah. that one? We dragged him inside and, uh, stole a painting and mm-hmm. all, all sorts, basically. I keep getting the Avengers the, mixed up. How was that one? <laughs> Do I know you three? He looks directly at Tanager, 
Your face in particular looks so familiar. Matt? Michael? Marvin? Uh, no, I just have one of those faces. You must be mistaken. This is Tanny Boy. <laughs> you know, from this song, Oh, Tanny Boy. The pipes, the pipes, the pipes, the pipes he's smoking. Okay. From the land to the land. And more words that I don't know. Like Dr. Crud. <laughs> oh, Tanny Boy, his drugs they keep a taking. <laughs> In the jail cell, he makes a lot of friends. There's different laws in different places. It's illegal where you are, it's not illegal where he is. I'm not saying he's being arrested for that, it's something else. Okay, well... um... Unspecified reasons. (laughs) It's nice to meet you, Tanny Boy. Pleasure as well. Um... I don't know, I feel like I know you. I feel like, you know, I just feel like we're friends, right? I feel charmed by you. I have that effect on people. Can I try to make a persuasion check to divert the topic? Yes, you can. (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to be less than a 22. (laughs) Uh, It's a 22. (laughs) Great. Yeah, he totally forgets. He's distracted from... Hey, (laughs) bud. um, You know, I feel like... I met somebody who looks a lot like you. Maybe they were your folks. Are you close to them? How do you feel about them? Uh, I guess if I ask you to do a persuasion check again, you're just going to roll a 22 again? I can roll higher if you want. <laughs> no, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> I'll take a 27. Great. He tells you all about his relationship with his parents. They... Always wanted me to take over the family business in Para. I don't really enjoy running hot springs. Hot springs are kind of lame. They smell bad. And I would much rather write poetry here. Look how beautiful this is. I remember you telling me all about that. Remember Beans when he was talking about that in the bar? Who's Bees? I said Beans. Oh, sorry. You Get the bees out of your ears, Beans. What? <laughs> oh, that's what the stinging Get bees. is. Get your beans out of your ears. Tantra does not remember Beans' his name. It's okay. <laughs> no one does. Uh, hey, my guy, do you happen to have a baby? <laughs> <laughs> Just out of curiosity. Why, you're looking to buy? Nice to meet you. Are you with child? Uh, yeah, Dr. Crud, please immediately arrest this person. You want, wait, arrest? No. I, I, I have no authority. Okay. Damn it, Tanager, I'm a I, doctor, not a cop. This season. Well, you could have confused me. Either way, I would really like to get a beautiful dear mermaid lady out of jail, and I think your testimony would help, but we can talk about that later. And I pull out the transcript of his last poem and be like, I'm going to make it real clear for you. Your folks are looking for you, and they think you might have a baby mama slash child. Is this, how accurate is that statement? I was going to tell them I was. Yes, I'm going to have a family. It's wonderful. We're hosting a public party tomorrow to celebrate. Sort of like a baby shower, but it's for everybody. Everybody's invited. You're welcome to come. 97226 Reppin' Street. There will be free food. 
free. Ooh, I'm interested. Well, we're definitely going to come. Can you can you repeat that uh, address so I can write it down? Nine seven two two six, R U P, A N Y U P, which I don't think is pronounced Rupinyup, but I found it on a map and I liked it. Rupinyup Street. <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> One day I'm going to go to all the places I steal names from. <laughs> now let me ask you this, Hans. Do you want your parents there? Or should we tell them that you're fine, you have a legitimate kid, and leave you the hell alone? Oh, they should come. I I was I was gonna invite them. It's just you know how it is. My dad's a little judgmental. A little? <laughs> oh, you've met him. <laughs> I'm a very supportive figure. Would you like me to come with you when you talk to your parents? And then perhaps I could provide buffs to, like, help you emotionally through this tense conversation. That would help. Yeah. I, You're just so likable. I can't seem to possibly dislike you as much as I try. <laughs> Mr. I know. It's like, <laughs> it's like from conception, I was designed with nine sort of, like, mental levels in mind. And once I hit ninth, <laughs> my ninth level... I fully achieved what I designed myself to be as a person. <laughs> you have been talking about that since level one. It's true. Um, but dude, your parents suck. I get that. You're kind of okay. And if you're going to have a family, me and my friends have secured you a $10,000 trust for your, uh, sorry, gold piece trust for your child. And all you got to do is make nice, nice with your parents. He looks a little bit concerned about that, but you keep rolling those 22 minimums and he's down for it. Uh, yeah, all of that. Yes. So you guys are on track okay. to be at the baby he... shower. <laughs> Everything is aligned. I would like to offer you a mini game if you're interested because I prepared one. <laughs> I would like to play, yeah. but I'd also like to note me rolling no less than 22 does not make me immune to dice rolls. Okay, roll one more. And if it's a one, you fail. I mean, he can roll things against me. He can't get above a 20. On oh, that poor baby. His little baby MPC. <laughs> well, my ability allows me to roll no less than 22, so... Yeah, and was that a 1 just now? It was a 5. Yeah, no. You, you go into the baby shower with him, yeah. You are personal guests of his at his baby shower. Uh, your family friends. Yeah. So the minigame. All right. Now, I don't know how much you guys are going to enjoy this or not, but I thought I would work something in because um, I like ingredients for foods, and I know some of the other people playing also like ingredients for foods. And I thought I would share, uh, you know, it could have been like a role playing yourself into how to survive in the desert and what plants are edible and not, you know, um, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so instead of Luma teaching you about the plants that she harvests to sell to Nirvana Loxodon, we're just going to kind of do this out of character instead. But that is how she knows about these plants, is that she harvests the desert tea plants and she sells them to the desert tea store. I'm sending you all an image file in Messenger right now. Please look at the image file as you listen to Luma teach you about five edible dessert tea, desert tea plants. Dessert. Desert tea plants. Sorry for paying off your NPC. No, that's fine. <laughs> she was a little bit pushy, wasn't she? 
She was definitely, like, projecting her concerns for her son and how he can't, like... She doesn't want him to work for the Safiosi, and he does kind of seem to want to work for the Safiosi, doesn't he? So She she was being... She came off very predator-like to me. Allie? She, was it the Allie? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's how she wasn't seen by the Safiosi, because they'll off her if she warns away their... Anyway, that's fine. <laughs> A little bit of... Tantra has different opinions. I'm... I'm not. I'm not. She was fine. I'm a little creepy myself, so apparently that comes off in my NPCs. All right. No. If, oh my goodness. <laughs> Listeners, right, tell, tell us, us about what these you desi- think. Yeah. Tell us <laughs> in the comments. Tweet, tweet, was she a creep or no? Yeah. Tweet us at tweet us at uh, the Fire Breathing Pit Kittens podcast and uh, tell us how creepy you think each one of us is. Great. Go to the Fire Breathing Kittens subreddit and. <laughs> And create a straw poll on if this is a creep or not. Come on, community. We're engaging with you. <laughs> Respond. Tanager will cast spells on you. <laughs> All right. So you can vote. Um, would you like this edible tea plant minigame or not? We can skip it if you don't. Oh, no. We're definitely doing this minigame. Yay. Okay. Right. I'm getting nods, which is not translating to the podcast. I promise they're probably consenting. Mini game. Mini game. Mini game. Every, all of the players have just snapped their necks and ambulances are on the way because they were nodding so hard at how hard they want to play this mini game. Well, if that's true, then now we don't get to play it. Oh, no. No, no, no. I will struggle through this broken neck. (laughs) So I have, I have um, found images of nine plants. And they're in this grid. They're numbered 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. I'm going to... Luma's going to teach you about these edible plants. Ready? Creosote, also called Larea tridentata, is a bush with yellow flowers and tiny green leaves. You steep the leaves and flowers for 10 minutes. So at the end of this, you're going to prepare a cup of tea. You can pick which cup of tea you prepare. Sagebrush, or Artemisia, has... It's a bush with white leaves growing straight up. It gets woody if it's too big. Smaller leaves are better. To prepare tea out of sagebrush, you steep the leaves for five minutes. But beware, this can promote sweating. So if you're sick, that can be good. If you're healthy, you're sweating, might be a little alarming. Okay. Third out of five is ephedra. It's a bush with jointed twigs that look like fingers. You cover and steep green or brown twigs, green or better, for 20 minutes in boiling water. It's energizing and refreshing, kind of like coffee, but beware if you have a heart condition, because it can stop your heart. Death tea. <laughs> well, the American ephedra doesn't have as much ephedrine as the Asian ephedra, so it's actually pretty safe to eat the American ephedra. Fourth out of five is mesquite, also called Prosopis. It is a fern-leafed tree with multiple trunks. You can either cover and steep green or dry yellow twigs for 20 minutes, or boil the seed pods for an hour. It has a sweet vanilla-like flavor. And lastly, your last choice option is white sage, or salvia apiana, which is a white roughly bush You simply steep the leaves for five minutes and it soothes a sore throat. 
So you've got a grid of pictures. Sorry, podcast listeners. Um, and as they think <laughs> about this, I'll do a nice description. So this is about you guys planning your tea. I'll give you a little bit of time so your brains can process. Luma finishes teaching you about the plants. You all stand in a desert land steeped in history. Har har. A land that before the Loxodons killed the goblin king Gitler in retaliation was once part of Goblinville, but is now just another part of the city sprawl of Kifasti. You are surrounded by edible plants originally brought here by goblins generations ago to transform a dry, lifeless region into a bountiful land of plenty. It may not be a traditional-looking farm, but with this diversity of plants, the goblins survived here comfortably for millennia. Can you recognize any of the species around you now? And which cup of homemade tea do you brew for yourself? So pictures one through nine. What do you pick to brew okay. for yourself? And how do you brew it? So Tanninger was not paying attention to what the properties of any of these things were. But he's pretty sure he identified which bush is which bush. Okay. So if you guys noted what the qualities were, I guess from his heavy drinking, he kind of has a tummy ache. So if we could get a cup of tea to help that, I don't know. But I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I know which plant's which. Well, tell us. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Again, this does not help the listeners, but the first thing that the DM said, that is bush number one. In the grid. I agree. The second thing is bush number five. I disagree. Well, uh, let me go through my numbers and then we'll circle back. So I think it's one, five, seven, six, eight. I believe it's one, eight, three, six, five. Okay, so we agree on one and six, right? What is the challenge right now? What if we need to brew a tea that we can drink that isn't poisonous? Yeah, you're going to brew one cup of tea each and you're going to drink it. So, uh, good luck. <laughs> okay, did anyone take note of what these plants do? Yes, but I'm in competition with you, so I ain't telling you shit. <laughs> okay, Dr. Crud Third, you can pick first. Which of these numbers do you pick? to brew how do you brew it and i'll tell you if you will, will you know die yeah i i will pick number six i'm going to steep it steep the green or yellow dry twigs for 10 minutes okay noted and i believe that's the death tea <laughs> your tea is being prepared beans you go next. Which one do you pick? You can't pick number six, which was okay, the only tree um, for the listeners. It was a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we could do is just like uh, put them all in one. Uh, just mix it all together. <laughs> he rejects the bounds of the game. <laughs> and then just see what happens. Um how about I make uh, one from number one, because we know that's okay, and then I have Crud have some first. <laughs> how do you prepare number one? Which parts do you harvest, and how do you prepare them? Um, well, I will rely on 
what's her name's uh, motherly instinct. And if I start doing something wrong, she'll like bat my hand away and go, no, no, child, that's not how you do it. And I'd be like, oh, okay, fine. You do it, old lady. And then she'll do it for me. He's got a point. Okay. You have eaten a mystery part of plant number one, brewed for a mystery length of time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All right. Um, (laughs) Sure. Okay. (laughs) And Tanager, which number plant do you brew? And how do you brew it? How long and which part? Tanager chooses number eight. And, like, the way you pull rosemary off a stem takes all of the bristles off of this bush, boils them for a long length of time, pours half of this tea, and then half of his liquor that he has in his bandolier, hoping that the alcohol will kill whatever poison is in this tea. (laughs) All right, and how long do you steep it for? Way too long. Oh, no. How long? Like... (laughs) About an hour? If if crud starts first, I start maybe 10 minutes after, and I wait 15 minutes longer. So I'm full on, like, copying my classmate's paper, and I'm like, okay, I guess I'll do it a little bit longer, and then... <laughs> 35 minutes, then, if 10... Okay. Yeah, so you brewed it for 35 minutes-ish? And then split it with whiskey. Okay. All right. Here's the results of what you all drink. Uh, Tanny boy, that was only supposed to be for five minutes. <laughs> that is correct. All right. <clears throat> um, I'll go in order. First, obviously, Dr. Crud III brewed a pretty good tea. It tastes like vanilla and sweet. It's not as sweet as it could have been if you'd brewed it for 20 minutes, Dr. Crud III. But other than that, you get an A on your tea brewing. I'll take it. <laughs> Next up was Beans, who brewed... Oh, and Dr. Crud III picked Prosopis or Mesquite, a tree with fern-like leaves and multiple trunks that's very easy to identify. All right, next... Oh, you could have also consumed the seed pods. It was a wise choice not to, because seed pods are more likely to be poisonous than leaves. So good job going with the leaves. Next up is Beans. Beans chose Creosote, also called Larea tridentata. It's easy to identify because of its yellow flowers... Um, and you easily steep the leaves and flowers with the assistance of Luma, the woman you hate so much. Next up <laughs> is Tanager. Tanager, you picked sagebrush, Artemisia. Instead of brewing it for five minutes, you brewed it for longer, which means that you are sweating heavily right now because Artemisia promotes sweating. So that that's not a bad thing. Maybe it's really, you know, it's just... It's that kind of day. It's a sweat sort of day. Losing that water weight. Yeah, this is super good. Tanager keeps drinking it like he didn't fail the challenge. You did not fail the challenge. None of you, hey, you guys, none of you drank anything poisonous. You are all fine. Uh, If it it helps, um, goats cannot sweat. Oh, God, what does that do to me? (laughs) You're very uncomfortable. (laughs) Uh, He's panting. It says, instead, their snouts may be wet to the touch. Um, So I just have the sniffles really bad? And that mouths may hang open slightly. So it's like how a a dog um, does it. You're you're like... (laughs) 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 Oh, 
That's adorable. So if you've ever seen a goat looking derpy, they're probably a bit hot. <laughs> All right, well, my goat butt derps out for the next hour of this session. <laughs> okay. Well, that's how you spent, I guess, your afternoon. It could be the next day if you'd like. You're all fully healed from your battle two days ago. It's the day of the baby shower. Party, 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 party. Let's go, guys. Wait, do we need to bring gifts? Us being there is the gift. Oh, we should bring a gift. Hey, I've got his old journal. That'll do. Ah, uh, crap. What does Tanager have on him? Is it? He, like, is rummaging through his bag, and he's like, Is it appropriate to give a baby a drinking horn? No. What about dice? <laughs> yeah. Just as long as they're not too small where they could swallow it down their gullet. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, fart. Dr. Cred the Third. Yeah, yes. You still have some of Jenny's old toys. Oh, I know bum, you bum. didn't. <laughs> yeah, I that, uh... And they're staying in my pocket. She's going to be playing with them again. <laughs> uh, Dr. Crud. Be careful what uh, you say next. Oh, I was totally switching topics. Oh, okay. What's up? Yeah. What's up, buddy? I was going to say, Beans, could you run to the like toy store and pick up some like blocks or something? I'm, I'm, I'm sure I can. Are there, are there any around here? Yes, yeah, and just... yes, you have blocks after your trip from the toy store. Cool. That was so, fast. Well, Pew. Well, I so, uh, Dr. Crud, um, yeah. you remember that dear lady that we got sent to jail in that whole masquerade ball debacle? It was a bit of masquerade madness, if you remember. Sure. Well, I mean... She's almost up for parole, as it's been about a year and a half. So I was thinking maybe if you could testify, like, on her behalf, that maybe she's, like, cool. That would mean, like, a lot to me. What does this have to do with the gift for the baby? Uh, literally nothing. I thought maybe you would like to talk about something else because of the whole changeling dimension thing that happened. Oh, that was just a discussion between me and God. Well, you know my views on gods, but... Yeah, to um, answer your question, while I'd love to say yes to you, I cannot abide a criminal. But, come on, dude. You beat up a goblet in an alley. We all commit crimes sometimes. He was... I was breaking up a fight. Yeah, we'll go with that. Tanager nods and, like, respects his friend and goes, All right, we'll go with that. Then make side-eye at beans, like... You hearing this? <laughs> uh, Tanger's not that stealthy, so he doesn't believe he could get away with the side eye. But next time, Dr. Cart goes to the bathroom. <laughs> but uh, no, honestly, like, uh, this is Tanger's personal quest, and he was really hoping Dr. Cart would back him. But uh, yeah. Say, Levy. Is it party time? Oh, it's party time. We got the present. We're ready to go. Um, we do need to make sure that we make the connection between the parents and the child so we can get paid our 30000 And then uh, hopefully we can make sure we ensure the connection between the child and parent 
so the grandchild can get the 10. But that's just icing on the cake. Actually, speaking of, um, should we not go and inform his parents that there is a baby shower? I thought he said he was going to invite him, or he meant to. He meant to. He never said he did. And, oh, he, okay. And the job was just to touch bases with his their son. That's it. We don't have to make connections. Well, a touch of retroactive action, then. Uh, during the long rest that we took, Tanager would have sent out handwritten invitations to the to the baby shower to the parents that we would get, be getting paid from. Noted. You did that. Oh, that was false. So that way nice of you. Good way to think ahead. I mean, that way we ensure that we get paid. Like, if he was just like, oh, man, I meant to do that, that doesn't mean he's going to. So, to make sure Tanager gets 10,000 gold pieces, he'll send a written invitation. <laughs> um, But aside from that, I think now the moral thing to do would be to try to mend this family. I don't know how you can fix decades of hurt and untrue not trust not no trust and you know abuse but you know i i will sit there and smile and nod while you do it well you've got to start somewhere right i used to not believe in this but after recent experiences i'm just going to use magic oh (laughs) yes the fabled 22 that you you keep talking about Oh, no, no, no. I have actual spells, my friend. That is just my natural charm. That does not allow me to take less than above impressive on any sort of social engagement. I think if we facilitate the conversation in the correct way, using social decorum, and then delicate application of calm emotion and friends spells... We could create a situation where these people can talk to each other without totally, like, succumbing to all of the terrors that they've subjected each other to. So, use magic to circumvent their free will to make them like each other. Gotcha. Let's go! I don't like it like that, but kind of, (laughs) yeah. I, okay, yes, watch the way I do it. And then we'll talk about it after if I was impolite in my use of Arcana. So what, what I would can, what go. What can Beans do in all this? Eat fish. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, n- no Beans. We need to create a very natural conversation, and then we just use magic to make sure nobody succumbs to heightened emotion, so everyone can talk reasonably. Okay. So what do I say? I don't know, man. What's your? Do you like your parents? I haven't seen them for quite a long time, so... Me neither. I, I don't remember them, so... Who knows? Uh, yes, no... Honestly, Tanager too. I haven't seen my parents in about five, seven years. I haven't seen mine in over 40. Oh. Uh, okay... It's like we're halfway to the, like, conversation. I'm like, should we actually weigh in on this? Or is, like, maybe this not our wheelhouse? What? I mean, like, parental relationships and stuff. Who are we to tell them, you know? That's what I was thinking this entire time. I don't... What happens between them is that's for them to decide. It's not for us. We just gotta go in and get paid. 
and enjoy a party. Well, then (laughs) Tanger's just going to go up, get our purse, say a couple things without magic, and hope that it steers the conversation in a positive way. Anybody want to come? Oh, I'm already at the buffet. (laughs) Beanie boy? (laughs) Sorry, I'm just figuring out whether I like that nickname. Um... (laughs) Better than boots. I'm better than boots, yes, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> I'll allow it for the time being. Um <laughs> At least you didn't call me Beanie Baby. That's uh Ooh, that would have been better. It's definitely Beanie Baby now. Ah, no, Tanager throws don't, don't, his armor. No, I regret it. I don't like that one. You uh, did it to yourself, buddy. Yeah. Well Such is the way. So Beans, I think the move is we go up to uh, the sun. Henry? Heinrich? Hans. 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 Like in Die Hard, that play we saw one time. It was too violent for me. Just don't toss him off a roof. I think the polite thing to do would let him know that we were paid to find him. And then we go to the parents and we say, hey, we found him. That's where he is. We invited you. We get our money. And then maybe we double back to Hans and we're like, hey, dude, your parents suck. All of our parents are kind of weird. You still have them when lots of people don't. So maybe try to utilize what you got, even if it's not great. Is that what do you think about that, Beans? It seems a bit heavy handed to me. Um, Can we not just like, I don't know, get them drunk? Oh, I can do that. that. That seems like more your wheelhouse, to be honest. Okay, well, um... It doesn't he I'm already know go- anyway? We all told him all that yesterday. Oh, yeah, that's a good well, point. He seems very, like... He, he seemed more than, you know, able to meet up back with his parents. He just, like, supposedly forgot. So he should be okay. All you, all you need to do, like, um, is, like, swoop in at the last minute and go, Hey, where's my money? We did, We did the job, right? We actually did a lot of jobs. True. I think I might be projecting a little bit, Beanie Boy. What's, what is it with everyone projecting on me? Like... Alright, whatever. I'm going to go find a druid so I can make an ice luge. I don't know what that is, and I'm a bit scared. Oh, it, it's a large ice sculpture with, like, an interior tunnel that you can pour liquor into one end. And then you put your mouth at the other end. This was from pre-corona times, y'all. Where you could just put your mouth on a large ice sculpture with a bunch of other people. But it super chills liquor. It's very cool. Look it up. <laughs> it's a tanager thing. Y'all wouldn't get it. As the doctor, I would have to not give my seal of approval for that one. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, All right, you go dude. do that, and we'll just let them uh, talk it out by themselves for a bit, shall we? You get them uh, drunk? Yeah. I'm just going to create party liquor drinking games, and just to create a environment of drinking to follow Bean's plan of getting them drunk. Okay, so you guys are going to the party, right? You 100%. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you there ready was to food. Go to the- hmm? They said there was food. Of course we're going. Okay. Yeah, buffet. Free head- food. All you can eat. <laughs> All right. You've got lots of plans for what you're going to do when you get there. And you're going there now. Okay. The address Hans gave you 
97226 Repignup Street, would be difficult to miss. It is an expansive mansion on luxurious grounds in a gated community, a bit unusual in a city of slums. The gates are wide open, and there's a real flow of who's who people heading inside. Glittering ball gowns, fitted suits. What are you all wearing? Same thing I wore yesterday, and the day before, and the day before, but not the day before that. Oh, well, I've, I've just got my ponchamuk, same as always. Um, I think, um, uh, Turnager, do you have any sort of prestidigitation to clean me up at all? Uh, no, but I do have a disguise kit. Oh, no, no, that's okay. I'll, I'll just lick myself clean. It takes a bit longer, but um, not really an issue. Cool. So while Beans licks himself clean, uh, Tanager is going to be applying makeup and, like, changing himself out into the most, like, Princess Jasmine sort of silks with bangles and, like, little bits of gold jewelry hanging from, like, cloth drapery. And uh, that'll be his outfit. All light blue and silver. All right. Wearing those outfits, you step inside. A gaggle of giggling girls surrounds a heavily pregnant goat woman reclining on a chase lounge. Her belly is huge. One of the girls hands her a card. The goat lady opens it and thanks them. An orc man is standing behind the chase lounge. He is wearing a white coat with six buttons down its front, placed like the dots on a dice, two by two by two, down the front of the coat. It reminds you of a French chef outfit, except that the sleeves are cut off so that his massive, muscly arms can have more room. Clearly, you assume, the orc is a bodyguard, or possibly her personal chef. The goat woman lifts the card and hands it to him as if to store away. He smiles, bends down, accepts the card, and gives her a kiss on the lips. Tanager immediately, like, grabs the cloaks of his friend and is like, she's with Kid! Hi, everybody! Yes, yeah, yeah, yes we get the joke, Tanager. Well done. Very clever. Well, no, no, it's very exciting. Like, I'm a priest in my culture. I gotta go bless the kid. Well, go bless him. Go bless him. Go, go. Uh, cool. So Tanager's gonna go wait in line to, like, like... You know, literally give her a kiss on the belly. Oh, Tanager, you're you're a priest. You don't need to wait in line. Excuse us, we're coming through. And he will put Doctor Curtis will push Tanager right to the front. Okay, um, I would say persuasion check, but we've been through this. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's a chance I could roll in that one. Do you want me to roll? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> no, that's a twenty-six. <laughs> yeah. So, the heavily pregnant woman accepts your kiss on her belly. Uh, well, also, well, first I'd be like, do you worship the reveler? No. <laughs> oh, okay, that's totally cool. I, uh, wet my lips with a little bit of wine and then kiss her, leaving, like, a little bit of, like, lipstick mark on her belly. With a 26, like, she's so happy you did that. <laughs> May your child always enjoy a life of revelry. She loves it. <laughs> Beans and Dr. Crud III, while that's happening, what are you discussing? Well, look at all the fish on this buffet. 
I know it's amazing, isn't it? There's some, um, was it trout and salmon? And there's some, I mean, lobster doesn't really count as fish, but, oh, is that some, what's that? Some sunfish. I haven't seen that in quite a long time. Oh, look, swordfish. Oh, this is going to be amazing, crud. Shrimp, does that count as fish? No, mm, crustacean, same as, uh, same as the lobster, but, uh, I mean, it's all tasty, so who cares? Okay, cool. Oh, hey, look. Look at the unborn fish, too. You can get a scoop of that. Oh, yeah. Very tasty. Is that... Um, <laughs> some... But, yeah, um, so so let's uh, pile, pile up plates high with uh, all these fish and these um, unborn fish. And um, <laughs> do they have any, like, baby carrots at all? Because otherwise it's going to really mess up my, um, my, uh, my stomach if it's all fish. I oh, see yeah. some asparagus. Baby, baby carrots, baby corn, baby asparagus. <laughs> baby asparagus. Maybe, maybe, do they have any, like, veal? Maybe some veal, lamb. Um, Steak. Goat. Yes and yes. <laughs> Dr. Crud walks away with a uh, plate in each arm and two plates balanced on his trunk. Just piled high. Well, they've got a lot of, like, baby-themed food here, don't they? It's a little, little on the nose. I think it's cute. I think... Look it, at how tiny the food is. Yeah, I think it works fine. I mean, you can get a lot of baby stuff on a plate. That's true. These, these like, these, what, these mini burgers? Baby burgers. Yeah. Baby hot dogs, too. All three of you see, in one corner... Sylvan and Sonia Fessenden, and in another part of the room, Hans Fessenden. Hi, Hans. Hey, Tanny, you want to go get our bunny from the uh, the bastards in the corner? Uh, yeah, I suppose. And then you can do your little talk to him if you want. I don't know, man. I just like my family situation is all messed up. So sometimes I feel the need to interject myself into other people's stuff. To try to, like, fix things in a way I cannot fix things myself. I see that's a little bit unhealthy. That's why I have my friends to guide me. Yeah, I've noticed. I I put my fist out, like, to fist bump my group. Dr. Crud looks at the plates in his hands and the plates on his trunk. Uh, elbow, elbow. Thanks for keeping me on the level, guys. Uh, and then I'll go up to Hans. Hans is not gonna pay us, wrong person. Oh, Tanager sure. <laughs> turns on the heel like mid ballroom and then starts walking over the other people. I am very curious what Beans is up to in this moment. Well, there's a lot of fish eating going on, and uh, I think maybe I I think with this much like food available, um, we'd be a little um um overly aware of everyone around, so we'd probably hide under the table just to eat it all okay all right and what do you guys do next hey fessendens uh clearly you're at a baby shower you got my personal written invitation your son's across the room i this is not i did get your invitation so what is the result of your investigation should we publicly back this baby as being a fessenden or should we not uh, my personal opinion, which is not the opinion of the fire-breathing kittens or any of the people <laughs> in the room, is if your child, who you supposedly love, 
And I wasn't privy to that conversation, but I, like, give them both a glance. Well, Beans is under a table, so... Well, if you back your child and he is backing his child, that's your grandkid. It's as simple as that. Either way, we've put you in the same room and we've recovered everything. And if you need an answer, yeah, back the kid. Give us the money, please. (laughs) I was going to go, ah, and then you went, give us the money. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I am fully for the awe side of this, but my group is like, no, that's not your business. <laughs> I see. Thank you for being our eyes and ears on this exploding kittens. We will remember your excellent service. And as promised, here is the promissory note for 40,000 gold. They hand you an official sealed scroll with the Fessenden coat of arms on it that you can cash in at any federated bank for 40,000 gold. So I fold it up, put it in my pocket, and once it's firmly in my possession, I look at him and go, Look, I don't have a lot going on in my personal life. Be a good dad, because this guy's my friend, and I point at Hans. He's just a kid trying to figure out a bunch of stuff. And he needs his parents to guide him. So, like, please, don't get me so bored that I need to be interested in your family again. Be a good dad. I know you can do it. Dr. Card III and Beans, do you do anything else before the end of the adventure? Well, I I, I think um, Crud could probably give uh, a, a somewhat... Um, uh, impassionate speech, impassionate note, impassioned, sorry, impassionate means the exact opposite. Uh, yeah, in, I was going to say, it's one or the other. Yeah. Uh, Crud could have give a pretty impassioned speech about, um, you know, taking advantage of a pres- the, like the presence of a child and, you know, missing them when, like, you notice, you know, if they're not there. So if you want to do that, to really hammer the point home to them, then you are more than welcome. Dr. Crud hears him, clears his throat. <clears throat> Stop being bastard to your kid. Okay, good speech. <laughs> Tanager claps. <laughs> yeah. Actually, if you start um, just clapping, then Beans will come out under the table, not understanding what's going on, and just start clapping as well. <laughs> and hopefully okay. everyone else in the room will also start clapping. <laughs> Because they think it's something to do with a baby shower. Of course. The whole room starts applauding. Holy crap. Was the... Was that the baby? What? what? I'm sorry. I'm saying Maybe it's obvious. The pregnant lady that we encountered like 15 minutes ago, was that Fessenden's... Was that Hans' baby? What you mean the like, like the the the, preg- the very pregnant the lady pregnant at the baby lady? shower that everyone's saying hello to and like saying how's your baby? No, it's a different person. <laughs> oh my good! Yeah, I'm sorry. It's all just clicking for Tanager. Okay. Do you want to have done anything differently? Because no, everything. I, I stu- just to point out the orc is Clark, as well. Wait a second. Yeah, no, I need a minute. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. Are they in a thruple? Are you asking the DM or are you asking one of the characters? No, I'm asking my party members. <laughs> as long as they all agree, it's all groovy, baby. That's super cute. Okay. I hear the judge. Oh my god, that's why Clark stopped drinking. Uh, 
Tanninger is just like now realizing everything that's going on around him. It's like the end of Usual Suspects. This is a real Kaiser Soze moment for Tanninger. Yay! Uh, and how do you two react? <laughs> as long as they're happy, they can do whatever the heck they want. <laughs> and beans. Um, I, I think I've just about finished my plate off, so I might go get back and get some more. Pretty good salmon, not gonna lie. Like if you like roll it up, like if you if you just have your your slice of salmon, you stick some caviar in there. You can roll it up, right, and then you um stuff like um surround that with some tuna, okay, and then you roll that up in some seaweed. That's pretty good. Have some more fish. Oh, I will. Don't worry. All right. Well. If you guys have nothing else to do, are you officially uh, good? Uh, Tanger's freaking out and would definitely want to offer babysitting services. Slash, like, he has already spent a year renting out luxury lifestyle in a manner. So, like, like if they just want to have, like, a date night, like, him and Curry can, like, watch their baby for a while. Okay. Or if they, like, I don't know, he's just, like, super excited for them. He's really happy this f- freaking goober he met a year and a half ago has finally found love. Like, I don't know. Tandra's really happy. Aw, okay. I will do the epilogue, and I will also answer all the questions that I'm sure you have about the story. There were some plot threads you guys did not investigate or tie together that I will do for you at the end. So, first, if you had talked to Ida... Oh, do you guys want to know if you had let Theo talk to you alone, Dr. Cardless? Yeah. You want to go to that? Sure. Okay. If you had let Theo talk to you alone, Ted would have talked to you about uh, how cool to run into a surviving Loxodon. Theo thought all his friends in Loxodonia were killed in the Goblin Massacre 40 years ago. Finding a friend again after all these years, huh? Crazy. So you guys are guild members too? Hey, uh, can I ask you something on the down low? Just yeah. one guild member to another, you know? Yeah. No reason to spread this around. No. He hesitates. This seems to take some explaining. He says, Jobs in Kifasti are scarce. I tried working in one of the mines, but I got black lung and almost died, and Mom, you've met Mom at this point, wouldn't let me anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was out of work for a while, but uh, thankfully Theo helped me join the Panther Dander, and they've been great. Using the money from working for the guild, I moved out of Mom's house and into this apartment building nearby. It's actually within a block of here, on the other side of this building, the tea shop. So it's been great, but there's a really creepy person in that tea shop. Someone's standing in the window, staring at me. They're there late in the night, looking out the window at me. He laughs nervously. I tried closing my curtains, but nothing deters the creeper in the tea shop. The man is still staring at me any time I peek through the curtain, watching, waiting. He laughs again, some kind of nervous tick. I don't want to tell Theo, because he'd think I was paranoid, or Mom, because she'd worry. Could you, uh, investigate it for me? I can pay ten gold. Sounds like you got a secret admirer. <laughs> so, do you remember, Tanager, how you requested a giant bird? Yes. There is a giant bird statue in the kitchen that Clark works in that he grows herbs on that is facing <laughs> out the window. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's a mannequin or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> It is. And then that would have like prompted you guys to investigate alternative jobs for Ted. He could scavenge on the goblin wilds like his mom does, but he could also be a bodyguard for the child. You guys didn't talk to Ida. 
She would have said, any friend of Hans or Clark is a friend of mine. I'm so happy to have met Hans and Clark. Creating a family together really is the dream. Oh, you're strong adventurers. You'd be good people to ask. Do you have any friends you can recommend as children's bodyguards? We pay 10 gold a month. Yeah, I, uh, Tantra still would not want a goblin racist as a bodyguard. Oh, Ted? Yeah, Theo's been a bad influence on him, so you guys left him in the Panther Dander. I have some, um, if they didn't save Ted from the Panther Dander epilogues. I'm sorry, just real quick. Panther Dander is the name of their guild? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't see how Theo would be friends if he was eight. He would have been friends with a 20-year-old? It's a little weird. I was guessing yeah, but at your he's age. Been... He didn't give me specifics. He's the same age as you, which makes him old as a young. Ah, uh, so okay. that would make him like 60. Yeah, okay. He's, he's 60 instead of 50. I was wow. close. Oh, yeah, okay. If they didn't separate Ted from the Panther Dander, here's the epilogue for that. It's unfortunate that you failed to disentangle Ted from the Panther Dander. Distributing drugs for the Safiosi is risky business. Something deceased Panther Dander members, Austin Brown... April Reno, Gina Bush, and Jean Bulby learned firsthand in the adventure Age Before Beauty. Uh, they're all dead because they distributed for the Safiosi incorrectly. Luma Kanan, the mom, um, has to worry about her son Ted's future. He's not safe from the social circles of the Panther Dander. He's in danger. Let's just hope he never gets too big for his britches and tries to double-cross the Safiosi because it will be the last thing he'll do. Let's also hope no one ever suspects him of even thinking of that. He has a long and treacherous road ahead. Okay, this is where I would like to circle back to Tanninger inviting them all to live in his house. <laughs> wait, wait. So you also didn't know who Ida was. Ida, because you didn't talk to her... She is a local millionaire. She invested in mine because, you know, the land was cheap after the people all died. So she bought all their land up and let people mine it. And that's where Ted got black lung. And um, the mines made her incredibly wealthy. And that's why she owns this mansion. She's a self-made lady. So here we go. The epilogue for Ida, Clark, and Hans. Ida's children are a little boy elf satyr. A little girl elf satyr, a little boy orc satyr, and a little full goat baby girl who is parthenogenically exactly like her mama. The children are all healthy little bundles of joy. Hans has finally found his calling. He loves the children and is their primary caretaker as a stay-at-home father. Hans writes his children fun poetry. If you, listener, have never read Where the Sidewalk Ends, or A Light in the Attic, or Falling Up, books by Shel Silverstein to your children, check them out. Kids love the fun poems. Hans finally finds meaning in his life, publishing books of children's poems. His poetry brings joy to children all across the country of Guasso. As for the others, Clark, an orc chef you may remember from the episode Missives from a Corpse, was looking for a place to call home. A family that actually liked one another. People who cared about one another. The energy and laughter of a few small children running full speed, playing and having fun. Now this is a home to come home to, thought Clark. Unlike, you know, you, you saw the Dillahunt family he worked for before. This is what he wanted. The family, albeit a bit unusual in its structure of Ida the rich mine owner, Clark the private chef, and Hans the poet, raised their children happily for many years to come. The end. You did reconnect the people with their grandparents. That's good. Okay. All right. Any thoughts from you guys? I mean, it's just strange we actually managed to 
do something right. Yeah, that is a little weird. That's I think maybe because we weren't trying to. Not trying to screw up or trying to not screw up? Well, we, we weren't, like, trying to actually, you know. I think we just did it accidentally. <laughs> we locked into it. Especially beans. Like, if we'd, thought, if we'd thought about it, then we'd probably screw it up. <laughs> it was better just to have eaten all those unborn fish. <laughs> so, I, I get what you're saying. So, what we need to do next time is less thinking. <laughs> yes. More action. Certainly seems to have worked so far. I mean, Tanager didn't understand what was going on until the last minute. So, it seems to have worked out for him quite well, so... Tanger's literally just, like, weeping in the epilogue, like, Baby satyrs! <laughs> Look at these little kids! Like, literally! <laughs> he is going to spend no less than 400 gold pieces a year on presents, just sending them to all these little satyr kids. Ah, joining us this time were Tanager Goodfellow! Babies are cute! <laughs> Dr. Crud the Third! Less thought, more action. And beans. I'm still trying to work out whether Tanager knows for sure that Kid is a baby goat. <laughs> and you're doing that on purpose. Or it's just coincidental. Just snot-faced, teary-eyed. What does it matter? <laughs> I have to know! <laughs> Happy accident. Happy accident. Bye-bye. Bye. Go check out the Anime Pass or Fail podcast. With so many new animes coming out every season, it can be hard to know what to watch. Well, they can help you out with that. They'll be watching four to five new animes every season, discussing and judging it on if they pass or if they fail three of which are chosen by your host, and the other one or two animes are chosen by you, the viewers. Will they pass or fail? Who knows? But you can find out next time on Anime Pass or Fail. Stream it today on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, also at afterthematch.podbean.com. Connect with the show on Instagram, After The Match. They're on Reddit, Anime Pass or Fail, and follow on Twitter at AfterTheMatchPC. That's the Anime Pass or Fail podcast. Go listen, download, and subscribe today. The fusion of technology and DNA is here, but at what cost? Welcome to the cyberpunk metropolis known as the Neon Boulevard. After the city-long streets that cut through the heart of the city, the Cybio Corporation has always been on the cutting edge of augmentation development for the Neon Boulevard. And with its latest technology set to be announced, they aim to change the world once more. The day before the announcement, Cybio's CEO was murdered, triggering events that put a rogue AI and a serial killer on a collision course that could destroy life in the city forever. Meanwhile, Private Detective Xander Draven is visited by the synthetic replica of the murdered CEO's grieving widow, who wants him to track down her husband's killer, Julian Travitz, a hacker and reporter, and his AI companion Quartzig, are searching for their next story as they become drawn into Cybio's dark past. Clone worker number 133 suffers a brain injury that frees him from his programming. Discovering his true identity has ties to the serial killer and the corporation's founders. If you like fast-paced, high-tech, futuristic thrillers and a diverse range of unique characters, 
then step onto the Neon Boulevard today. This book was written by Nick Whitaker and narrated by me, Dale Robertson. You can find Neon Helix on Audible, iTunes, and Amazon. The following is a brief bit of the Pedro and Banana podcast. Do you know what really um, freaks me out about the mask, yeah? Everyone's wearing a mask, right? CCTV mm. everywhere, yeah? You mm. think this is a fantastic opportunity for bank robbers. <laughs> yeah, Nobody's I know. robbed a bank. Yeah, Nobody's I know. robbed any banks. I've thought exactly going on? the same thing. I thought banks would be getting dropped left, right and centre. Just any kind of crime like that where, where CCTV Anything, is necessary. Yeah, where, yeah, where you wear everyone's got a mask on, so you can't really identify me. Um, no, it wasn't me. It was him with the mask. Yeah, it was, uh, it's not me. Yeah. That bloke's got a mask on. I don't wear a mask. Yeah. Put, a, <laughs> put a hood on, put your mask on. <laughs> that don't even look like Coverage. my shotgun. My shotgun's green. That one's black. <laughs> I always had this Ferrari. That was the Pedro and Banana podcast. Find them wherever you find podcasts.